Hello and welcome to episode number 340 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Very well, very well. List- <laughs> listeners, do not worry. Your podcast is not wrong. This is a six hour podcast. So just strap <laughs> in and uh, the download length is correct uh yeah we got a lot to get through this week um this is this is awesome like just right off the bat i like i think people can tell we're both going to be smiling our way through this one um because we have a lot of cool shit to talk about obviously this this might be the the singularly best week of the podcast we've ever done in terms of just things that give us joy you know and an ip that we love and that we're talking about new variants of that ip i I don't think there's a week that would be the be stronger you know no it's absolutely insane of course we've been talking about the last of us and it's been so incredible and we've got the finale to talk about um and obviously we will continue to be talking about the last of us for a very long time um but yeah and that kind of coincides with the release of a new screen movie obviously we've done uh an episode on every single uh screen movie that's the only franchise that we've done that on um where each you know film has one individual episode um which is crazy um and so yeah we've kind of we're very very excited this week of course as mm-hmm. you guys can probably tell um i was gonna put no news in because i do this yeah, was, don't be silly putting news in, bro. There, there is one item which I, I did want to just briefly touch upon because it's an update to something we spoke about and, and had a pretty cool conversation about last month. And it is just kind of funny what's happened with it. Um, so this is to do with the kind of I know what you did last summer um, legacy sequel that they were trying to get off the ground. Um you know they were talking about it we talked about this in feb how um basically jennifer love hewitt and freddie prince jr were both in talks to reprise their roles from the original two films Which was and, yeah we were like oh that's pretty interesting the more we talked about it the more we thought it was something that could be pretty cool um well it turns out that this was the first that uh one freddie prince jr had heard about this um <laughs> so yeah he's kind of talking here and we've got a nice quote to get through and then we'll, we'll obviously talk about it but i find this to be pretty crazy on so many different levels um but yeah he he said the following you know regarding this whole him returning to this franchise um he said, yes he said uh, i have been offered nothing nothing uh they just said that to get people excited i haven't spoke to anyone at their company my ha- my agents haven't received an offer from them whatsoever i had a conversation with the director a few days after they announced that just to be like yo what the hell why are they saying i'm going to be in a movie that i'm probably not going to be in and she said let me pitch you an idea so she's spoken to me about the idea but i haven't said yes and i haven't received an offer um now, first and foremost, like credit to Freddie for kind of just saying this how it is and, and being so upfront and letting the fans know what's going on, because mm. I find this to be farcical, um, completely ridiculous and honestly, extremely unprofessional. Yeah. Um, I think everyone involved in this, the production company that's trying to get this off to the ground, the, the said director who he's speaking about should be embarrassed um, and should issue an apology to him because, yeah, that like... You know, it wasn't like a confirmation or anything like that. Obviously, the news was that he was in talks, but that's completely bullshit because he hadn't spoken to anyone. And he's obviously saying that's the case. Mm. Um, So I find this to be 
I just find this to be annoying because I, I this isn't the first time we've seen this. Like these projects, they love to talk up actors to create fan pressure. Um, mm-hmm. Whether or not people think that that's a reality, it is because someone like Freddie would would have seen the reaction to that news piece, and he might have even heard like, "Oh, maybe Jennifer signed on," and I haven't heard anything, and he would have felt more of a pressure had yeah. he not actually been approached the professional way, which is not in public. Um, so I find this to be ridiculous. Um, I'm really glad he's come out and said something like i don't really have too much to say about the actual project itself because we already talked about it last month but i just wanted to put that out there of how like ridiculous this is and like do you have anything to add i feel like freddie did a really good job of at least telling people how it is and being like look guys like i am you know i would be interested but like no one's actually offered me shit and like and now someone's spoke to me because i off i approached them like that's not how it should be is it no i absolutely agree i think i think it um the only thing about it is i do think it becomes a little bit more multifaceted in that um these you know the 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 people that that are attached to these IP, the actors, in particular when it is like a horror franchise like this, you know, we had it with Nev Campbell, where correctly and rightly so, their their name and their character carries a weight and a value. And and it's then attributing kind of what that value is worth, whether you're gonna keep it in the franchise or not. And and what 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 they've done with this news story is they've tried to devalue that by making it public already and putting the pressure on the individual uh, unfairly and i think that's the the deeper level of manipulation where it's like of course there's a conversation to be had freddie fringe jr in i we said it you know if if uh, i already did last summer comes out without those two in we are significantly less interested just fact and so and the filmmakers know that and and so that's why they put it out there instead of having that conversation and being like okay we need to talk money that, that, you know, you, you know, you're an actor that carries a value, but also you as that character or you in this world ha- has a higher value and it does. And, and we need to discuss that. And I think, I think that's the bit that they're trying to be really sneaky about is they're trying to get it out there publicly to put that pressure on the actors to devalue them for their body of work that they've done in the past. And, and I mm. think that's the bit that's even like, you know, more seedy. And yeah. what makes it even more multifaceted. Yeah, it is just it's shady, isn't it? And I think it, it's a mm. shame because um like obviously the 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 kind of news was that they were in talk so it's not like it was ever confirmed or anything like that and i yeah. feel like they just they did it wrong where they could have obviously approached them first and then put out the news to kind of gauge fan interest off the back of that but they clearly just did this wrong and i think it's it's a shame because what was you know easily the most exciting thing in this franchise in a long time has now got this kind of dark cloud over it and i just don't know how they're gonna i mean they easily could reconcile this but it's just a shame that this is part of the story now because well, i would love to know what jennifer is kind of well, what's happened in this because obviously they're, they're both tied together in that initial story and now freddie's come out and, and spoke you know because he is he's a lot more active on podcasts and social media and stuff um so he's come out and said like yeah they haven't spoke to me so i would love to know like did they just speak to jennifer because if so that's even worse on freddie or have they not spoke to either of them that's what i mean this this product's very mu- uh, much in, in its infancy and i think if they um <clears throat> if they have the right conversations now and get the actors on board, this becomes a mute point. Mm. But I think if, if, a, if, a, if a, I know what he did last summer now comes out in the future and Freddie Prince Jr. Isn't in it. Um, this sullies it even more, you know, the, the fact that they kind of started the journey like this. 
yeah, yeah, I think if they can get them on board and have the right conversations at this point, and but you know, it, from what Freddie said, you know, it doesn't sound like he's super happy uh, about the way that they've they've handled themselves. So rightly so, he might just think I'm I'm not going to get involved in this project. Yeah, it's weird because it feels like he approached them to kind of be like, hey, why am I being talked about um, yeah. when I've not spoke to you guys? And then it's like while they had him on the phone when he was looking for an apology or at yeah. least some sort They're of... Like, oh, we can pitch you something now if you want. Yeah, and it's just like the horse has already bolted at that point. And I think overall this just kind of shows like a level of sloppiness to yeah. where I'm like, I don't believe that you guys can make a good film now because you've you've set off on such the wrong like foot immediately uh, and and bad bad decisions like this doesn't happen accidentally i think is my overall point like this has clearly happened for a reason they they didn't just yeah well that's what i was the, at. They... And the script and everything in play and then go oh no we accidentally forgot to speak to our two lead actors which makes the story interesting no and and that's what i was getting at that that this wasn't just an excitement and and someone getting ahead of the the you know the game because they are excited and genuinely have a passion for the project this was a tactical choice because ultimately you know the the act you know existing actors returning to an ip it, it money is an incredibly important factor mm. and 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 it and it commands a very different conversation than than fresh actors to a fresh ip and 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 i think that's why like getting the news story and getting the buzz out there before the conversation is, is, you know, a very tactical choice that that's been made by this, these individuals. Yeah. It's a very weird thing. I hope that in the future, when we, if we ever touch upon this again, it'll be some more positive news, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad to talk about it now. And then I just want to finally say like, I'm, I'm happy that Freddie is able to speak out about these things. Like he seems like such a good dude. Um, yeah. every time he comes across so well, like he's one of these f- actors who really does seem to have his head switched on and he just tells it how it is as well. Like, there's clearly no bullshit in this. This clearly isn't like a bargaining tool. Like if anything, he's probably devalued his position by talking about this yeah. publicly at this point. Um, but he's clearly just being honest so i have so much respect for him um but yeah um shall we shall we move on to uh this week's film yes please let's talk about scream six So yeah, it's the it's the franchise that has that has taken up a lot of our time over the recent years. Um, just, uh, over my life, I'd say you know I don't I, uh, you know there, there are very few horror franchises that I've spent more active hours of my life thinking about than the Scream movies. Yeah, it's wild to think that we have these multiple eras now where we have kind of the first four and, and our love of those, you know, the Wes Craven four films yeah. um, and kind of, you know, probably wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for those films. And I, I really didn't know what would ever happen post his death. And kind of mm. when we when we knew that Scream was coming back last year, there was a lot of trepidation, um, you know, worrying about what was going to happen, this kind of return of certain legacy characters. And, you know, we very much liked Scream last year. It was in our top 10 um very very great film obviously we we both felt like the killers was easily the worst part um mm-hmm. but it was a good film overall like a great film yeah. so and then but obviously a very quick turnaround for for a sequel um, but that is within fashion of the, the you know mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't new for this franchise um mm-hmm to kind of do these quick turnarounds strike while the iron's hot have like a lot of fake scripts out there to kind of avoid the leaks and yeah here we are scream scream six new setting new rules um 
but yeah, God, where where to even begin with this one? I know. I was thinking that. I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, where do we begin? Yeah. I mean, I mean, basically, you know, to start with a synopsis for for the the sixth entry into this franchise. <laughs> you know, we are, um, uh, you know, once we get into the meat of the movie, we are rejoining uh, Sam and Tara Carpenter, kind of our, our leads from the last movie. Um, our final girls from from the final, you know, from Scream Five. Obviously, Sam we know from the last movie is the uh, daughter of of Billy Loomis, and they are dealing with the events post Scream Five. And uh, lo and behold, um, we get Ghostface turn up again. And um, you know, the the, the uh, obviously we're gonna f- for listeners of the show we, you know we will be having a spoiler free conversation and then we will almost certainly be going heavy spoilers but th- we, you will get a warning for that um yeah, i feel like then... it's this twofold this film because i do think this is a unique film in that it doesn't really need a plot device because yeah it's the sixth right. entry into a screen movie so i feel like at this point people know the formula and then also in terms of spoilers i think it is apt to do it twofold where we can have our initial spoiler free conversation we we can then do a more in-depth deep dive where we talk about opening scenes certain kills and etc basically everything up until the killer reveal because i feel like we we are so anti-spoiler and so like we're not going to want to talk about what happens in the opening scene for fear of spoilers but like most people just do that in their section so i feel like we'll do it we'll do it two-tiered for this one where yeah at a certain point we'll open it up to basically everything except the killer reveal you'll get Um, a multi-faceted spoiler warning how you know yeah, how's that for exactly for consideration uh, so the killers yeah no um <laughs> so, so yeah and, and we're we're joined um sam and carpenter are joined uh sam and carpenter sam and tara <laughs> are joined by uh chad and mindy from the, the previous moon movie and um a new gang of friends um uh you know this is very reminiscent of scream to scream 2 with the, they are college. They are at kind of uh, frat parties and kind of living that that college lifestyle as opposed to that high school lifestyle, a la Scream One and Scream Two. Um, but the major difference is that we are no longer in Woodsboro. Um, we've had departures from Woodsboro. You know, we have we have been in Hollywood in, in for a <laughs> movie, and we've and we've been. I was going to say, in, in Scream Two, where where are we in Scream Two? They just I can't remember where the college is, but it is a college yeah. that's not in Woodsboro. But yeah, so you know, we, we I'm pretty sure that was the only other screen movie that was fundamentally not in Woodsboro prior to this film. No, uh, Scream Three. It, yeah, but we go back to Woodsboro multiple times. Well, I guess we on set we do, but do we go? I can't remember now. It's it's just on set, isn't it? Obviously, so there's a lot of Woodsboro in it, but it's all production mm. on. Anyway. Yeah, maybe yeah. right. Um. So yeah, maybe most screen movies aren't in Woodsboro, but and it, but it is weird because like when we talk about that and like it felt out of character when we saw this trailer and they spoke about the location a lot and it felt weird for a screen movie and I think it is because Scream Four made a big deal about returning to Woodsboro and then Scream Five felt naturally like it had to be there. Mm. Um, you know, you couldn't. You know, and it's what we said before that with with. Um, with Scream 5, it had to play the formula to a point. You know, we had to have certain things in it. And, and I think they have earned, with Scream 5, the creative freedom and also have the confidence to have the creative freedom to be like, no, you know, we've got a story to tell and our story to, to be told is in New York. We don't need to be tethered to Woodsboro. We, we have 
we do have returning legacy characters beyond Scream Five in in um, Gale and Kirby, mm. um, but we have four very good characters that are now legacy characters from Scream Five. You know that that we can continue that story, and their story can be told outside of Woodsboro. Mm. Um, and and yeah, and so we kind of we we pick them up, um, like I say, and then a return of a ghost face, kind of a very. Um, I guess kind of, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think we're going into spoiler territory here where this, this, um, this killer is, is, you know, very obsessed with the history of the real yeah, life trailers and exactly. And is, is kind of playing homage to the killers that have passed and is very much kind of calling back to the, to the history of every killer that's happened in the franchise before. And I think kind of, you know, um, I guess, well, the point I was going to make there is probably a little bit more spoilery and we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute, but, um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the killer being obsessed with what has happened in the past very much knows the history of what happens and, and is playing that to, 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 to their strengths. Um, you know, I guess it, I, I don't really want to go any more into it really just give some thoughts. And then I think we've got to throw up that first spoiler warning really, because you, you just dance yeah. around too much. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, f- f- for me, I, um, the, the second this movie started, I was, um, tense and on the edge of my seat. Um, the opening scene we will go into, but just as a top level, um, I, I found it, um, just incredibly tense the, the second, the second it started and um all the way through to the end and then and then for most of the movie i found myself tense i found myself on the edge of my sea i i believe the the rules that we got for this we we had a we have a great kind of um you know the rules of of what are we calling it at this point um uh, i don't know what you're asking a, it's a recall to the sequel or, or a sequel to the, the sequel recall to, or whatever yeah, it is. To the yeah. Recall, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like brilliant. And so like we get, we get the rules, um, uh, you know, played out and, and kind of, um, you know, they, they state there that, you know, no one, no one is safe. Legacy characters, lead characters, um, all, all bets are off. And, and I kind of, I kind of felt that more with, with this movie than I have done with any other movie in the past. Um, I don't really know why I felt that way, but I think it was just the fact that, you know, because uh, we don't have Sydney and Sydney does feel kind of invincible. I, I, I don't, you know, it, it, I feel like for years that people have sat there and been like, how the hell do we kill Sydney? How do we do it in a way that, that couldn't piss people off? And I think with the last movie, they realized with Dewey, there's not really a way to do that. And so um you know she's not in it and and everyone else just does feel like oh they could die they could survive like i didn't really ever feel like any of them was safe um throughout the whole movie i didn't i didn't necessarily feel like the killer was safe at all times as well and so i just felt very very tense and just enjoyed the ride from start to finish um i you know i i didn't i didn't ever find myself kind of sitting there thinking about what was going to happen because I was too interested in what was happening at the time. And, um, I just had a hell of a time. I think, um, they nailed the mechanics of what a screen movie needs to be, but they also gave a fresh take on a lot of things. I, I liked the, 
the so many of the set pieces worked the 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 kill montages or the the the, the chasing set pieces um scenes like the the subway scene that we saw a lot in the trailer and i thought oh this is just i got to the point that i i didn't think it was going to be in the movie because it, we didn't see it for a long time and and when it appeared i was like oh here we go and then I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and and i think most scenes like that i i really enjoyed i love the setting of the finale and the what you know how that was portrayed and um yeah kind of dug it all you know i th- there are there are things that they didn't stick stick the landing on um which we'll come on to because um I, I i can come on to that before we get into spoilers or at some point because i don't think that really matters but in terms of like my overall thoughts on it was i had a really good time and i think they nailed the movie again and I think, you know, Scream is well and truly back and, and I, you know, there's clearly going to be more and, and I'm very happy that that's the case because so far that they've not, they've not missed. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed this one more than Scream 5 and I think um, it, it makes Scream 5 better, this movie, which is something that I think we talk about a lot on the podcast where, when you you know with, with a sequel if you can make the the original you enjoy it more that that's an incredible job for for a sequel to do and i think this one does you know the the sum of the parts of these two movies is now building a set of characters in the screen world that i i really do like and and are really strong um so yeah i mean what what do you think of this one yeah i mean well i'm i'm really glad to hear that you really liked it um it's uh first of all the, the major point that you made about how kind of in the moment you were really enjoying it mm. um i completely agree with that i think like for me this was a movie that i've i've never felt so present watching a screen movie mm. before because it, it and it's, we're talking about the sixth entry as well so it can be very easy to be bogged down in legacy and history and all of this stuff it, you know it can be to a film's detriment and i think it's such a massive positive to this film overall that it is a movie about talking about the past actually more than the than the previous film did um scream 5 focused mostly just on billy whereas Mm. this film is evoking all of the previous killers in many different ways um but it didn't feel too much i felt like from scene to scene all i was worrying about was what was happening in that scene and it's because i think pretty much every scene is great um Mm -hmm. you know they the like like you said the actual chase sequences and kill sequences um but just the overall plot of these characters i thought worked so well for me um but yeah kind of overall i I thought this movie was amazing like it i i think it is better than last year's scream in every single aspect um i don't think there's a single thing that i thought last year's done better and i think like like i say i liked last year's film but i think this blows out of the water where um you know we talked about last year with that the 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 kill that really stood out the kind of shower slash car sequence of that film and if they were gonna you know better it they needed to emulate that more and i feel like they did i feel like the ladder sequence is fantastic um there are so many like the the bits that we again the bits that we see in the trailer it's such a a it shows you how great this film is that that they all work and they're all better in the film mm-hmm. you know we've seen them run into that kind of convenience store and we've and especially the subway scene well with, with which, the, the convenience store with the shotgun we, we we said how out of character that felt you know like seeing that in a trailer 
yeah definitely and it's like in the movie it works and it's awesome and again it is really tense as well like i'm glad you you said that as well because i was surprised at how tense i found this film you know like scream is more of like a fun jaunt to me than it is a tense slasher but yeah i i found a lot of tension during a lot of the scenes especially in the first half when i when i really was thinking like anything could happen at any point um but the the subway scene was one that obviously kind of got shown as this big set piece in the trailer and you're waiting for it watching the film and then it, it comes l- way later than i thought Ooh. it would and i was really worried because i was like oh this is one of the final sequences um so i'm like wow they really think this is good and it's a shame that they've had to show so much of it in the trailer and then immediately they throw us a, a curveball <laughs> yeah. and there's an, there's an element in the film which you have no idea about in the sequence from watching the trailer and it, and it changes everything to the point where now it's completely irrelevant that i've seen all of those scenes in the trailer because the context is so different in the actual film um and that's incredible and so i i loved the subway sequence it was so so good um yeah the opening scene is spectacular or opening scenes are so so good um easily the best since the start of scream 4 for me um just like you know something that was so so awesome to see and we'll obviously get into it but that's only one movie (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, true, but like, <laughs> that's a long time ago, though. Um, but yeah, it's just I don't know, and like we we talked a lot about how coming out of Scream Five, it was a shame that the killers were, in my opinion, sucked, but it meant that the best characters survived, and yeah. that, in hindsight, was such a good decision because what we're left with, the the core four, as they are now dubbed, are are fantastic like i love all four of them um i i still think that like um sam is probably the worst of the four which is That's a great. bit bizarre given that she's probably our lead but i think that this movie understands that in a way because she, i don't think she's as much of a lead in this film as she was in the last film um and i think that yeah well mindy and chad are yeah. just amazing like they were my favorite characters in the last film and they were even better in this film um you know part of me is like oh, i wish they were in it more but i also feel like they are such good side characters that like if they were in it more maybe it would ruin the magic so i don't want to like tempt fate Mm. um because i feel like they were just fantastic but yeah like the the overall ride and experience was was so good like i'm kind of blown away by how much i like this film or how much i love this film actually um i think up until the the killer reveal if you'd have said to me like what do you think this movie is i honestly would have probably said it's like a 10 out of 10 like in terms of my own enjoyment level because yeah. I was just, I, I loved everything. Like, there, there wasn't anything that I would have pointed to. Um, and we'll obviously get into the breakdown, and we can kind of give our thoughts now. But And, like, I don't hate the killers at all. I just think mm-hmm. it's, again, it, it's the weakest part of this movie in the same way it was in the last movie. But it's by no means as bad. Like, nowhere near. Like, I'm, I'm content with the killers in this film, as opposed to, like, actively was annoyed with the killers in the last film. Um, but, yeah, we'll save that stuff. But, like, that, that to me is the only slight blight against this film because otherwise they to me they made a flawless sequel and i think that was my biggest point is and you mentioned it as well about how this is kind of tying into last year's film in such a good way and it makes that film better i think this is like this is one of the best horror sequels we've ever covered in terms of being a direct sequel to last year's film and obviously it's more than that because it is this legacy film it's It's a sixth entry no it is it is kind of like scream 5 too and it it is better and and 
the only time that's happened for me is in for the podcast is the conjuring 2 because that is a, a sequel to a film that i think is considerably better than the first film you know we've had other great sequels like it chapter 2 and a quiet place part 2 but they're not as good as the first one um whereas this to me is yeah for my my own opinion is infinitely better than scream 5 mm, yeah no i think um as well like it it, it builds on scream I think you know that, that's what I was saying. That you know the I, I like the the killer in Scream Five more now. Now we get this history of all of the killers being brought into Scream Six, and the mm. fact that they are now part of this world and they're being talked about. And I'm like, okay, like they are part of this now. And and I think yeah. Before we go into full spoilers, I think the only thing I did want to mention, which is is a negative, but I think it's something that I think they should just. Uh, look to address sooner rather than later um is the probably you know the one thing we've hardly spoken about is we do get a returning major historical legacy character which is mm. gail weathers and she felt like we spoke about our legacy characters in the last movie feeling out of place she felt like unequivocally out of place in this movie um she just kind of is there doing the same tropes as she's always done talking about her writing a book being a reporter you know and and all of it just felt to me very redundant and very you know my god have we got this version of gail again and then you know she's not in the movie a great deal she's in a fantastic scene um but overall i feel like this movie could have just been stronger without her in um you know i think the the core four that we've now got um, are strong enough to carry this franchise forward. And I, th- and, and it's almost to the point that like with Sydney, I just want Gail to like fuck off and find a happy ending. Yeah. Like, I don't want her to keep writing books on it and, and, and reporting on these bloody killings, like stop groundhog day, like just do something else with your life, Gail. And, and, and yeah, of, of all of the movie, you know, she was the part where I was like, I just don't, I just don't need it anymore, which is, feels like blasphemy like after scream four but now we're in scream six i just i just feel like they're not they're not needed anymore um they've they've handed the torch over yeah i was gonna ask you about legacy characters and so i'll I'll give my opinion on gail and then i'll throw it back over to you because i want to hear your thoughts on obviously the return of kirby as being like our two legacies but yeah for me i completely agree i I said it like last week where i was like i'm at the point now where i don't want any legacy um because i thought they did such a good job with screen five and now and now this has proved it even more that this this new um group of characters are are easily strong enough to carry the franchise um so i think and, and as an aside before we get to gail like i'm glad the way um sydney was handled in this film yeah yeah i'm glad she's not like a nobody can mention it you know like a voldemort style thing but i'm glad it was just a throwaway like yeah she's just happy and living her life so i'm glad it was like a they did mention it like some people will find that unsatisfying but for me it was perfect because it's like well we knew she wasn't in it i didn't want her in it anyway the same i didn't want any legacy characters but i'm glad that gail wasn't in this and we were acting like sydney just didn't exist anymore like oh she died in the last film as well and it's like well no she didn't she's still alive in this world but we're just not she just is not in the film um so i like that but yeah gail didn't need to be in this i completely agree with you that they just go back to the same tropes with her time and time again and i think what we've now realized is Gail without Dewey just isn't a great character, in my opinion. She's well, just like she, kind of annoying and very self-centered, a, and exactly, she, yeah. she's a bit of piece of shit. And the only the only reason why she gets any emotion is that Dewey gives her that emotion. 
Yeah, um, so now he's gone, I'm like, yeah, yeah she, it should have been the, the two for one in the last film. Um, but now you can't do that. It's like, yeah, she, she dragged the film down. Like, th those scenes with her, I just found to be slow. This movie had such yeah. a good pace, and talking about being present throughout the whole thing is because of how amazing the pace is but i was very aware that i was watching her and and now getting to kirby i i kind of felt the same way about kirby which is that even though she's only been in scream 4 which i absolutely love and i love that character um she felt off to me like it didn't feel like kirby in the slightest i get that it's a long time we've only seen her once when she was younger so this is a very new kirby but the idea of bringing her back in this way is like this fucking fbi agent it just it was ridiculous to me and and nothing about her performance was the same sort of snarky kirby that we got and i get i get it she's not like a film student anymore like it's very different she's kind of experienced this trauma and is now dedicating her life to it but i don't know t for me it was again unnecessary and, and it was the one part of this movie that felt a bit too fan servicey for me it was like oh yeah you guys always wanted kirby to come back and it's like i need to watch scream 4 again like super recently because I get that there was always this fan theories that she survived, but like I'm pretty sure she fucking died. She, she <laughs> did. Like she got like stabbed in the back, like in a door, wasn't she? Against the glass door, basically. Yeah, and it's like I get right. that. Like back in the day when Dewey got stabbed a million times, they kind of broke it. And I mean, this movie takes it to I, four I, other levels, I, which I was, we'll get I was to. Say, like, like <laughs> you you've, you've got a, yeah, you've got to die pretty hard. Like, you got beheaded. And, That's literally it. <laughs> yeah, and and to be fair, the deaths do show that as well. That like. Yeah. You know, we, uh, you know, we had movies in, you know, we, you think like Kenny the cameraman that just got his mm. throat slit. I mean, like you could survive that in this world. <laughs> yeah, just that. <laughs> like, you could survive that. That's simple. You do make a good point, though, that because of um, how graphic the kills are at this point in the franchise, yeah. it does make you more aware that if you don't see someone get killed horrifically graphically, chances are they're 100% fine. <laughs> yeah, they're probably not dead. And yeah, even if it's, like, fairly graphically, like, stabbed by multiple people at the same time, you might even be okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, did you, um, what did you make of Kirby, then? Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't, like, find her as frustrating as Gail, because I, I found her performance odd, because she didn't feel like Kirby. And I think it's everything you touched upon, that there's been such an evolution of her between four and six that has happened off-screen, that they mm. had to... They had to demonstrate that, but then she doesn't feel like the character we know. And, and it took a while for me to even recognize her as that as that person for a while. And then eventually I did, and I, and I grew to accept kind of like this new version. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate it as much as Gail in terms of I could see that Kirby, when she spoke about being attacked and, and being angry and not wanting to be a victim and wanting to become this police officer, FBI agent to to fight the killers and that i'm like yeah i could i could really see her character becoming that person and this is an evolution of that character as opposed to gail which is just a devolution uh groundhog day mm. you know if she was just there with a stab poster being like yeah i still love these stab movies like <laughs> that would have felt very strange because because the worst scene with kirby in i think is when she talks horror movies mm. um you know she has she has this conversation with mindy where they're like, oh, you're a horror movie fan. Yeah, you're a horror movie fan. What do you, what do you make a Candyman remake versus the original? And I'm just like, I, I, I could not imagine a conversation where I sit there with a, with, with, with like a, someone for the first time. And I'm like, so you like horror movies? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, what do you think of, what's your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street? 
and you know it's just like like quizzed each other to see whether you have that level of fandom i'm like oh my god if someone started that conversation with me i'd just walk away <laughs> yeah it is weird like i wonder if that's like a british thing or not because yeah. I, i'm completely with you where if someone wants me to like defend the things i'm passionate for yeah. i'm just like go fuck yourself <laughs> whereas i'm not gonna defend my fandom to you my fandom is my fandom <laughs> yeah I, I what as one defense of of kirby after i've kind of said how much i didn't really like her in the film was i do think it's unfortunate that she is Paired a lot of the time with gail mm-hmm. um because they're like the you know she's like the investigative journalist versus the authority figure so like yeah, they try and put three-esque yeah so they're putting gail in this exact same spot they've put her in and then they're, they're replacing kirby with what we've seen many times with like the start of dewey and then that like the 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 uh the other cop that was in the last two films four and five who died yeah. um so like yeah, to, to me it's unfortunate because I think if this movie just had her as a returning legacy, yeah, and she was that. like, yeah, she was like, oh, I've come to this because I hear there's a ghost face thing and blah blah blah, and you know that would have worked. Whereas I think pairing her with Gail, like I say, because we already have Gail returning, but no Dewey or Sydney, it's like, well, Gail's in a weird spot. So what do we do with her? Oh, we pair her with this other returning character. Could just we were putting him in the same box just because they're both legacy. Oh. But in my mind, they're they're almost both from two different eras of Scream anyway. So it's yeah. It, it is a shame because i didn't hate her but like it would it could have been cooler like i think back to the cameo that she had in the last film when it was like revealed that she was still alive just in the youtube video and i remember thinking like the potential of that and it, and i don't think they realized that potential but i feel like that's the, like one of my only criticisms again which you know we'll get to like the end and stuff but i feel like they just they nail so much in this film yeah. from I from like say the core four is exceptional like i can't get yeah. over how much i love these characters now and i think they they were great in the first in the last film but they're all better in this film i think the journey that they've all gone on um I love what they're establishing. I think Sam and Tara feel much more like siblings in this film than they did in the last yeah. film. Again, it, it makes sense because there was a lot more of the of like reconciliation between them in the last film, but it feels like a more like I just love this family unit that the four of them have, being these like two pairs of siblings, but they almost feel yeah. like this this actual family all of four, four now. Yeah, and it's it just works. I think all of the scenes with them in are fantastic. It's like, yeah, we get a bunch of side characters, and the reason why we're not talking about any of them is because don't think any of them are particularly interesting and i get that they they you know they mentioned that in the movie of like oh yeah you know we introduce a bunch of characters because we need a cannon fodder for a killer and b potential suspects and it's like Mm -hmm. yeah that's a screen movie you need that um and so it's not a you know you can't just let it be let it go away because like you could have created new characters that are good you know they've done that in many of these films and i do think that we're talking about the core four because they're so strong we're talking about the slight disappointment for legacy and then just a bunch of nobodies essentially like i don't mm-hmm. i'm trying to think if there's anyone that's even me like worth talking about like aside from samara weaven um is the only one who kind of was like interesting to me i don't think anyone else is yeah, but that was only like a cool opening scene as well yeah like, i mean you know we um i think uh, yeah what you were saying with those characters i think tara and chad in particular have gotten significantly stronger because mm. i think i think sam sam is still the weakest as you said earlier and i think mindy was already at that level yeah she's you're right yeah. that level but tara and chad have really stepped up and and sam has as well because i do like sam way more in this movie it's way more billy light this mm. movie and and that that you know was was a huge positive um but I guess should we should we go into our th- kind of thoughts and and recommendations and then we can start to throw up some spoilers? 
yeah why not um, i mean like i obviously i think we both obviously recommend this movie I, I think as a film this is outstanding um like it's in that like this to me is a contender for for year end which i coming off the back of last year when i talked about how i liked scream 5 but i didn't i didn't think scream needed to be a franchise that was in that conversation i i talked no, about how if they just make a good sequel i'll be happy with that and that's kind of where i'm at with saw and these other films as long as they make a good franchise installment i'm happy i don't expect them to be one of the best in the genre of its year um but for me right now this is um yeah. like it, it's one of the best films if not the best film i've seen this year um i think it's amazing on the big screen like you like this movie's doing so well so you don't need us to go and tell you to go watch it and, and obviously if you're a scream fan you probably will but i think if you like weren't in love with last year's movie and you were like oh if it's just another one of those like again i liked last year's movie but i think this is infinitely better um so yeah i'm i'm i could not recommend this anymore yeah, I mean, I think I think I did like last year's movie more than you, and in particular mm, yeah. on rewatch, I really warmed to the killers. Um, but yeah, this one I've enjoyed way more, as I said, and I think um, it's it's a fantastic franchise entry into Scream. It's an amazing sequel to Scream Five, and it's a fantastic um, cinema popcorn horror. I think you know our audience was actively engaged, sometimes too much. Um, also um our you know the i was actively engaged and just on the edge of my seat and and was just thrilled to be in the cinema watching this movie white knuckle ride and so i think that is absolutely the place to watch this film and 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 it, it is as you said a contender for the film of the year but also just a contender to be like this is an absolute cinema horror this is a mm. must see on the big screen um you know, it is that fun zaniness with with the background because you know we we touched upon it that slashes are often not scary and and you're got fear and tension. You are en enjoying the 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 craziness that you're seeing, you know, in in some weird way. Whereas with this, I you know I was genuinely tense throughout, and 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 that was something that I really wasn't expecting. So yeah, just gotta go see it, and I really want to see it again already. Yeah, I, I really like that way as well. I instantly wanted to see it. When I got out of the cinema, my first thought was, I need to see this fucking movie again. Yeah, well, I do as well, especially because of how much I enjoyed it, but also because the only things that I'm trepidatious about is stuff in the finale. And so it is that case of, I think, the set. We've talked about this all the time with Scream, of like the second watch is when you really solidify your thoughts on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's really hard the first time because there's so much excitement and then you get the reveal. And because the movie goes at such a clip, you get the reveal and you do it never. There's never been a screen movie that does the killer reveal and then gets to like gestate that and let you kind of um, marinate in it because of course the movie then has to hit its finale and it's you know its killers then have to take down the protagonist and they have to defend themselves so it's like you never get that chance to kind of think about it in the full context of the film and obviously we get to do that a bit now but it'll be much easier on rewatch knowing like oh, okay now I know what's going on like how will I find this um, yeah. but yeah it, we'll... it's funny as well though like just touching upon that when because i think with the scream movies the killer has always been like so important to us mm. and and the more i think about it the more i think like you take the first movie out of the way because the killers are just exceptional in every sense of the word you know with it but you look at the, the latter movies i'm like mickey 
Mickey makes like, you know, there's, there's no, you know, he's just a film student that's gone insane. Like the same as scream four. Like, you know, we, we have Roman that, that was just this, um, you know, he, he ended up having a, a family tie without that. He was uninteresting. If Billy's mum wasn't Billy's mum, we'd be like, what the reporter you saw twice. Do you know what I mean? Like, we kind of we do hold these on a mantle, but I think there are these exceptions where the first movie they were crazy, and obviously um, one of the killers in Scream Four I think was phenomenal. But I think the killers and all like they 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 serve a good part because of the the lineage that was created. You know the fact that it was Billy's mom and uh, you know half brother to Sydney and all of this stuff. But but we had to get away from that and and. You know, I, I I have less of a problem with the killers the more we get into this now, where I'm like, I think especially like, let's throw up a spoiler warning for like anything but the killers, because I can continue my point that, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about everything apart from the, the big reveal at the end. Um, because I think with the opening scene, it, it, it tells us to be like, don't, the killers, there's a lot of people out there now that are fans of Stab that are fans of the real life killings in a weird, sinister way that they've taken it too far. So there's just copycats and there's people out there and it's not necessarily like you're related to Billy or you're seeing visions of Billy. It's just like, no, you're just like a kid that's like gotten obsessed with the movies or gotten obsessed with the real life killings. And now you're doing it. And, and I think that kind of point is made in the, the opening of the movie and hence why I have less of a, you know, a, a, a strong feeling that the killer needs to be like, oh, shit, what a reveal. Um, I'd love that moment, but I don't crave it like I used to anymore. Yeah. Um, how about you with, with specifically that kind of aspect of the killers? I completely agree with your overall point um, about how we probably have put too much emphasis on it. When you really look at mm. the overall franchise, it isn't as important. Um, my my counter argument, and you did mention it in, in your statement just then, but you did gloss over it slightly, which is that I think the reason why Scream 4, to me, is still the best sequel um, out of you know all of them post the original is because of the strength of the killer reveal. I, I think it's so, so mm. good. It takes a fantastic film that as an overall film might be as good as this or scream 2 but the killer reveal is why it's my favorite sequel um because it's so so special and i did not see it coming and i think the idea of that being a kind of remake in the franchise but the the sydney character is now the killer i just think is so genius and but i completely agree with you that outside of jill there isn't any other like they're exactly 100 percent, and it's like the other ones you can go oh yeah well i kind of liked you know mickey's performance or whatever i I, I love yeah i love i love the actor and i love the performance of mickey but you know it could be anyone really yeah and i also i really i like roman more as more time goes on because he was like they even mentioned in this film like the Mm. only singular killer what a trendsetter it's like yeah that is Mm. important to me like i love the idea of constructing a screen movie with only one killer and i think as more time goes on it just shows you how goddamn hard that is because like specifically in this film when when we get like the ladder sequence which is awesome all of our characters are together so i was like oh okay so we we know now this can't be a singular killer because they've just eliminated everyone in this film like it has to be multiple killers um so i i I like that like you know that that was cool in that one but um yeah to go to go kind of for everything now obviously you just touched upon like the opening scene which it's so awesome like it's funny because i feel like for us it might have had a less of an impact than it would on some people because we've been talking about this for so goddamn long at three years 
Yeah, like, and the rest. But, like, they, they did it to a T, where it was like, yes, the opening kill, which to, to even get to the reveal, I thought was amazing. Like, Samara Weaven's cameo was so good in this film. Yeah. You know, someone who I was really worried about joining this franchise this late, I thought she was amazing, and this was easily like, my favorite thing I've seen her in. Um, mm-hmm. Because this whole setup of, like, and again, this was the, the one of the only, like, traditional guy speaking on a phone scenes we got in this film. For, yeah, and, that and Gale, like, were the yeah. two, really. And I really liked this one because it wasn't Ghostface, you know. It was a guy with doing a different voice, this kind of like Tinder date or whatever. And it, and it just, to me, that works so well. Um, and yeah, the way it kind of pans out. And this is, again, really tense sequence. Um, mm-hmm. The second he kind of kills her and he leans down in front of her, in my mind, I was just screaming, take off your mask, take off your mask, yeah, take yeah, off yeah. your mask. And I was like, the second he does it, I was like, these motherfuckers did it. They finally did it after all these yeah. years. And again for us we it was almost like a sense of relief of like they done the thing but i have to imagine like but, some people are going to be stunned by that when the, when the killer uh, just takes his mask off that nonchalantly well that's um, the thing we kind of sat back in our seats and like brought put out a pipe and started smoking yeah. it and was like yeah what's next you know but yeah most people their minds would have been blown by it yeah um i thought i thought it was so strong as well because like like what you said it was this you know, you know, you're watching the beginning of a screen movie and you're like, well, shit, we're in a busy bar. We're in a, we're in a bar in the middle of New York and she's on a first date. I'm like, how does this become a scream kill? And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, suddenly we're in scream two territory where I'm like, we're in a packed cinema. How, how are multiple people getting killed in this pack cinema? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but this is even more because there's not people running around dressed up as ghost face. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like what's going on? She's getting this phone call and, and, you know, we have this great rapport because she's a film teacher, you know, talking specifically about slashers. And we're like, oh, OK, so she knows this shit as well. And like she slowly gets more and more baited. And you can see you as the audience viewer can see the rabbit hole she's going down. She can also see the rabbit hole she's going down, but she cannot stop because she has just been she's on the hook. So she, there's nothing she can do. She's on the hook mm. and she she just got caught in the game and and i thought it was executed to perfection and then and then like you say when we get the killer take the mask off and we get the reveal and i'm like oh you bastards and then i was expecting scream six and and like cut to to sam or tara Mm. and i'm like oh no no the killer puts his backpack on and we see him walk to the to the to the to the to the university and walk past fucking tara yeah, that's and, like, such a good scene. Tara and has an interaction with Tara saying, is Sam coming out to play tonight? And, I, and I'm like, oh my God, like how much of the movie is going to be us knowing who the killer is? And I was almost a little bit disappointed when the killer, when he then got killed. But but it was a fantastic scene. And ultimately it was just an, an incredibly strong opening where I was like, yeah, you've you've exerted a lot of expectations here now. You've given us a great opener and you've showed us that the killer doesn't need to have consequence, you know, in this world because there'll be another one. Yeah, it's crazy because it's like we, we spoke about the the opening kill or the killer being killed, which is what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, we have spoke about the idea of a copycat killer who is just a throwaway, which mm-hmm. is exactly what happened. But then the other thing was that we kind of mentioned, which was that the the 
the victim would win um yeah. which we didn't see obviously it was just another that the actual true ghost face of this yeah. film reveals themselves to then kill this kind of the fake ghost face which yeah. is worth mentioning that it is two people as well which i find really cool that it's like we only see one yeah but there's this whole conversation about him like he's like oh you know i went out and accidentally killed early because their whole plan is to actually kill samantara yeah um so just god yeah just like the more i think about it um, it is so goddamn good and then i i do think to then immediately the the scene after the absolute chaos that is these opening scenes which is Mm. so good is the party um with the core four and i thought this scene was so brilliant because again it reintroduces us to these characters in such awesome ways and it immediately made me remember why i love them all Mm. you know there's like there's good comedy here we get the kind of like um tara you know really like at her lowest and just trying to feel anything and i i love the kind of friend group that she has around her and the way that all escalates it's just so good like i remember by the end of that what's that it felt real i think yeah it was great people had really suffered that trauma yeah trying to cope with it in their own way yeah it was like but by the end of that scene and obviously having the chaos of the opening i that was when i felt so comfortable because i was like oh man they're they've reintroduced these characters i love them so much and they're already doing cool new shit so i almost just had the relief we talk about that a lot when we see these kind of like either franchises or returning directors we have so much investment and that to me was the moment of relief because i was like oh they're, they're smashing this out of the park like i really just had confidence and and i think that's why you then get kind of the the ladder sequence that i've mentioned multiple times which i think has done so well like i again i love how many different moving parts there are that there's so many parts of this film and and even get into the kind of the reveal of the legacy and talking directly about all the killers and having all the props and everything like we've seen this hinted at in the saw movies like i have to just go on a tangent for a second because it really does it really does annoy me like we've we've seen this hinted at and it's like we we felt like particularly this was going to happen in jigsaw when they had like the returning traps and the super fan who was obsessed with jigsaw and it's like this movie to me just shows you how you can you can pull it off so easily like it's right there like you have all of the legacy you have all of the old killers that are done and the apprentices and the traps and everything and it's so easy to have these kind of like super fans that are obsessed with it that idolize it that make a museum out of it and then bring them into the story in interesting Mm -hmm. ways and it's like this movie done it this this movie done what the last three saw movies failed to do i i don't think i don't think i mean we've put up a spoiler warning because i'm not going to say who the killers were but just in on in terms of that i think what a saw movie does is either bring back Stu as a killer or be <laughs> like his dad is now the killer mm. or you know billy had a twin uh you know and it would have been something like that or or you know a survivor of the previous movie that we didn't see haven't seen is now the killer you know mm. Who, whoever from whatever movie you know um randy's sister she's now the killer it would have been it would have been something like that because we we have to not only give the legacy we not only have to give you all of this fan homage you know i love the cinema with everything in it it's what i mm-hmm. touched upon before like the fact that it just in the background you get billy's shirt with all the blood <laughs> the white t-shirt with all the blood stains on and like all these different things you know um they had kenny's outfit as well i was like go kenny and <laughs> um you know all of these different ones and and that was fantastic and but then the killers were new you know they weren't this like oh yeah they were there in woodsboro for the first killing it's like no they're part of this new story 
And and I think that's the bit that was important that you use legacy and you use homages and, and, and nostalgia to a point, but you don't get caught on it forever. We can't always have like, oh yeah, Roman is Sydney's half brother. Now we've got, you know, and it's like, you know, cause we, we had that with Sam being Billy's daughter and it's like, man, if, if we then, you know, had something else, it just starts to get too silly. You know, we get, we get, you know, someone that's in Saw 1 is now the killer and <laughs> whatever. And it's like, no, yeah. no, we don't want that. And so I think, um, I think that's where this movie's strength is, is to be like, yeah, fans want that shit over and over again, but they, they actually don't because they want that fresh spin, you know? And if you'd have said to me like, oh yeah, well, these are just brand new killers that have nothing to do with the original Woodsboro. I, I would have been a bit disappointed like going into this, knowing that. And, and, and I feel like it's stronger that they're not like that, you know, but, but as a fan, I'd have been like, nah, <laughs> I want, I want, you know, whoever from screen one that lived to still be, you know, in this. Um, so, you know, I do think that's important that they, they made the right choice there as to when to cut off the nostalgia. And that's where they did it right and saw, you know, obviously continues to shit the bed. Yeah, for sure. I think we can kind of get to the killers in a sec, but I did mm. want to touch upon something you mentioned then about where where this museum is, is that like this is just another one of those small um decisions that just shows you that these guys know what the hell they're doing like mm-hmm. the idea of okay this could be a random warehouse this could be yeah. in woodsboro which would have been the most obvious choice but for it to be a rundown like theater complex which again is and it's it looks like it was ripped straight out of the 90s where this place clearly shut down in the 90s so it is this kind of like time capsule back to the start of screen Probably shut down when the murders happened during the screening of stack one <laughs> yeah like it's it's perfect it's, it's yeah. just one of those little things that as soon as someone has that nugget of an idea it ties it all together because then you have the the amazing finale that takes place there and they're kind of when the killers are all going crazy they're, they're running through the corridors with the film posters and you run past the popcorn machine and it's just stuff like that makes me realize again it's the little things because they get the overall stuff right which is why i love this film but then when you really break it down into the minutiae you go man a choice like that where yeah this movie would have still been great if this was just a random ass building in new york um yeah but the i think that it was exactly that right, so good yeah that you know you the killer running down a corridor of a warehouse would have still had the same effect but they know that you know this movie is so linked to movies and you know uh, the cinema and the stab franchise and everything else because stab is almost not mentioned in this film you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it, you see the odd stab poster in that museum, don't you? You know, the, yeah. the cinema museum, whatever you want to call it. And other than that, stab is not mentioned in this really at all. You know, they, they may, I think, in the opening scene, they also mention stab when they, you know, when the the killer on the phone is saying about the the, the stab movies or whatever. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like, other than that, very little reference of it. And it's and again, like going into this, if you just said to me, they really don't mention stab um and they they don't nail the legacy legacy characters you know i'd be like oh god like i i like both those things but but this movie did everything so well that it just doesn't need to keep doing the same stuff we've had so much cool stab stuff and i'd love for for that to continue because i personally like i said to you i uh, you know on the on the show before like i love stab shit and the, the way that they interweave it but they don't always have to use it you know maybe the next screen movie stab will become prevalent again 
Mm. You know, it doesn't always need to happen. Um, you know, with Scream Four, it, I guess it was quite prevalent, <laughs> very prevalent. But you know, it doesn't it doesn't always need to be. And I think I think that's that's um, you know to, to its strength as well to be restrained of the the wealth of of you know history that they've got now that they don't always have to reference uh billions do they can reference other killers they don't always have to reference the stab movies um you know i think i think that that works incredibly well and i think it just shows that these filmmakers know know the franchise incredibly well they know where's craven incredibly well and they know how to to to, to do to do it right and i think um you know i mean we we saw the homage to Wes that was in this movie that ninety percent of people or ninety nine percent of people that watch this movie won't have seen, um, and I think I think that goes to the strength of uh, um, you know what these filmmakers think with with this with this franchise that they really care, um, and yeah, for years those of you who don't know it was a convenience store, wasn't it, where we get the shotgun. Yeah, the scene we've um, yeah, seen in the trailers, so, yeah. So the scene in the trailer with the convenience store and the shotgun, as we pull out of the convenience store and Tara and and, and um, Sam leave it, we see that the convenience store is conveniently called uh, Ape Snake, um, which is just, just like this, this... Like, we both just looked at each other, and it was the only time of the whole cinema experience that I was taken out of it for mm. a second, <laughs> where, where I suddenly was like, holy shit, like... I was thinking about the filmmakers. I was thinking about Wes, and I had this moment of like, "Oh, you, you, you fuckers! I love you so much," and it was fantastic. And I think like that level of homage just shows like the, you know, how deep they're in it, and 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 the fact that they're that deep in it is why I have faith in them. Yeah, that 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 for me is going to be up there for like moment of the year for me because there's so many obviously Easter eggs and homages like filled with these movies and I already saw people talking about stuff like you know Jason takes Manhattan that's clearly going to be referenced a lot with the yeah, scene yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. but like for us I, I and, I, and I'm, I'm so happy that so far I've not seen anyone talk about this because I feel like it's something that is so unbelievably niche that to to only see this for a second the name of the shop being Abe's Snake and then to get what that reference is which for people that don't know that yeah, was wes craven's fake name when he made porn films um was abe snake <laughs> and obviously we we discovered that when we did our deep dive of wes through the through the retrospective and so that's something that like you know if that if that was in scream 4 or whatever i wouldn't have got that back then and so nice. to, to get that now when i'm aware of that knowledge was was just incredible and i and i do think it is it's genuinely one of those blink or you'll miss it moments and i'm so glad we both had that realization at the exact same time uh, you know it wasn't a case of like one of us had to be like did you see that sign was that a reference yeah, to that it was a really special moment in the cinema that we get very often uh, very, very often very very um infrequently where we we look at each other mm. we, we we look away from the movie and, and look at each other and and be like did you see that? <laughs> like, you know, and, and, and yeah, it, it was amazing. Yeah, it was so, so good. But yeah, I think lastly, obviously, to talk about the killers, so we may as well throw up a final spoiler warning because we're going to spoil the shit out of who the killers are in this film. Um, I'll, I'll start because I feel like you're, you're probably going to be more positive on it. Um, again, I don't hate them. Um, not like last film where I did. But I, what I will say is that it is consistent with the last film and that I do think that if you, if you watch the film up until the killer reveal for both films, and said right who are your least favorite characters to me they ended up being the killers um and that is a shame and i, I particularly thought that the the detective guy 
um you know the dad figure were, his performance was awful like it was so bad yeah. he he was the worst actor in this film by a mile and i am curious to rewatch it because i'm wondering if it's this like multi multifaceted thing because obviously like like i was i couldn't believe how bad his performance was in certain scenes but the the thing is that i do think about a couple of things like like when they told him that quinn was dead his reaction was just awful and i was like oh, okay now it does make sense because quinn wasn't dead and it was this guy poorly acting because he's not an actor he's a psychopath so i'm like okay there is actually a contextual reason for why his performance was shockingly awful yeah, during certain scenes an actor pretending that mm. being told that his daughter died knowing that his daughter hasn't died exactly you know so, so like those scenes i feel like will work better for me but that doesn't change the finale. the finale you know when right. we have our free mask um when we have our free killers on mask and it's very cool that it's free because i didn't see that coming um right. and and it's also cool that the quinn thing because we've not really seen a character yeah we've not seen a character die that early to then come back typically it's like oh, no. in the you know when you get into the finale quote-unquote a character might have a, a shoddy death off scene you know like a billy or like what we got in screen four and stuff but i feel like yeah like, Roman. Yeah, like quinn died so early on and and it's just a complete yeah. you know you and it's like now in hindsight it's brilliant because it was basically off screen and it just feels so obvious now but at, at the time because there was so much going on in that ladder sequence with obviously is it um mindy's girlfriend is the one who gets shoved off the ladder um that is yeah, yeah so that's really cool and i feel like that's the bit that you remember that you kind of like it's so cool because you do kind of forget that quinn died in that scene um so i love that i think with the other guy the is i think it's ethan is his name ethan. um yeah he, he's fine like he is just so funny because he's he's like the obvious killer i love that mindy just constantly says it time and time again and, and that for yeah, me yeah. was the obvious one because i was like mindy's not going to get it wrong two times in a row um mm. and so like i was like whatever she says is goes for me and so yeah it was it was very obvious but um i, I don't really care in terms of like trying to guess it because that's not what we're we're about we've always said that we don't really care about that but yeah i, th I think yeah. as killers they do work i think to, to bring back to what you said earlier kind of talking about the, the legacy stuff like i am a bit sick of it always just being like family members um i like the correlation and again maybe it's too much of like this really is the scream 2 to scream 1 where you have like yeah. the you know the annoyed family members of the of the supposed yeah, you, killers you killed my son and now i'm gonna be exactly and, it, and it, it does make you laugh because um, you can kind of go in your mind okay if they're gonna do a scream 7 which they probably are because this movie is doing incredibly well and has had the best opening of the franchise so far um means that okay how are they gonna scream free it um you know yeah. is it gonna be a singular killer is it gonna be this half brother slash sister like there's so many different ways but um yeah i i, I don't know i i'm torn because I, I definitely don't hate it um it was just on paper if you said to me who were the worst characters they ended up being the killers again but it wasn't nowhere near as annoying as the last film um what, what did you make of the the free killer reveal well I love the three killer reveal first and foremost, especially when we got that. And and I think it, it Chad should have probably died. I'm glad he didn't yeah. because I want the core four in the next movie. But that felt like his time that it, that it was the reveal that like holy shit, there's a pack of ghost faces and they're just ripping him apart. Oh yeah, because that, that's what's him. so awesome is that you see actually two ghost face kill the same person, yeah. or presumably, obviously it yeah. didn't happen, but that would have been awesome. 
Yeah, exactly. Because I can't that, believe they didn't behead him. They set that up perfectly. Yeah, that, he had he yeah, had his moment with Tara, like he had his yeah. um moment of glory, and then he yeah. had the 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 great beheading joke earlier in the film. So yeah, it feels like yeah. they did want to behead him, and they just chose not to. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did bottle it, but I, I'm kind of happy. I am. I, as, I, am as I well. we're gonna have a dream. <laughs> um, but but yeah. So I enjoyed the three killers. I detective. Bailey, I think that he is, um, w- was awful. His performance was was terrible, and I don't understand it. I was, <laughs> I was the same. That I, I didn't, I didn't find his performance throughout the whole movie as bad as the finale. I felt like he was an annoying shit cop, and obviously gonna probably be the killer. Like at, at points, I was just like, mate, you're so shady, and why the fuck are you always here? <laughs> like your daughter's gone now, mate. Like stop hanging around with the core four. And I and and I but but that aside, like when he had the 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 flick and he had to play like twitchy killer, mm. he, he was awful. And I was like, and yeah, and I'm trying in my head to 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 to, to um give it more merit because I don't want to dislike it because I do fucking love this movie. But it was a real bad performance, I think, when he when he took that killer. Whereas I think the flip side of it, Ethan. I thought he was a pretty piss poor character, which was the point, mm-hmm. you know, that he was meant to be that character and then kind of like, oh, yeah, you're clearly the killer, dude, like the dodgy roommate and all of that. And I thought like, oh, that's clever. And I, and I did like the fact that I had kind of dismissed him to be like, well, yeah, he's so obviously the killer that they're not going to do it. And I like the fact that they went, yeah, it is now him. Mm-hmm. So and I think when he did flick the switch and did go psycho Ethan mode, he was way more convincing. And I liked him as this unhinged, you know, he felt he did feel like an unhinged killer. Um, I think both the, the siblings save it. Correct. And then and then exactly, because then going on to Quinn, I think the same. I thought she was great. I think I think she really did turn and felt twisted and and, and sinister. And, and and I think it would have almost it, it would have been stronger without without the detective but they needed him because he was like the glue yeah. he was the one that was funding um richie's is richie isn't yeah it? from the last film yeah um uh his his addiction and he was like stealing all of these props and stuff for him and all of that and so he was the conduit and the glue for this family of four but he is the weakest of the four mm-hmm. he is weaker than richie um, i don't know they're both abysmal to me I, I don't dislike Richie as much as you, but but yeah, like uh, I, yeah, I, I thought he was poor, but I, I did enjoy the other two, and I think overall, um, you know, this, uh, you know, it, it it just got to yeah, where where I didn't feel the need that the killers needed to be amazing; it just had to be a decent reveal and the and and, and something that was a bit surprising. And I think the fact that um, you know we we did get um, Quinn returning like that was a surprise the fact that she did get taken out so early and it was that like oh yeah should have seen that coming mm-hmm. so it, it was at least that and so i don't have a huge hate for it um one thing because I, I don't know whether we're getting towards the end now but i i do desperately want to talk about is our experience that happened in the cinema <laughs> because it was fantastic um just for uh, it was a great moment so obviously at this point if you're still listening you, you've probably seen the movie and kind of when the killers get killed and the, the the movie is coming to an end, we get kind of they're playing Richie's home movies on the screen. And as our characters walk past the screen, it says written and directed by Richie Kirsch. And <laughs> a couple in the cinema 
genuinely believed that was the end of the movie and that the director had just been shown on screen <laughs> and put their jackets on and got up and left the cinema while the movie still had what five minutes left oh, at least point? i think six or seven yeah yeah but they you know <laughs> they they committed to their fuck up and not only did they look like twats and think it was the end of the movie but they thought do you know what we've started this journey we're gonna you know i was like put your jackets on and then just sit there and feel like spoons for five minutes and enjoy the movie but they were like no do you know what we fucked up we fucked up we're not we don't deserve to see the end of this movie and they got up and left like true champions and it, it was it, like it's either that or they still don't know movie. they still think that, that the director of this screen movie is richie kirch a name which I had been referenced about 50 times in the in the previous 15 minutes prior to that i genuinely think that is the case um <laughs> But it was a shame in some respects because it it took me so out of the cinema experience <laughs> for, the, for the last couple of minutes of the movie because I it took me it took me ninety seconds to compose myself because it was it was so funny it was and, funny. and you know I, I had to just bring that up as a little aside to to the movie just that that fun experience we had the the hats off to to the filmmakers you you got a you got a troll that you might not even thought you were ever going to get but you 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 got it <laughs> it's funny that that happened because like th- that to me is such a cool moment anyway of like mm. and uh, to have it in universe have a written and directed on the screen full screen i think is so cool and i think the fact that it is richie's name on the screen after his entire family has just been killed i think is so cool like so it, yeah, it's yeah. a shame that it has this weird moment tied to it for us which is hilarious but like i think yeah, in, whenever i watch this movie now i'm gonna chuck yeah that, but like in the up. film it's actually awesome like it's such a good way and, and again it's an amazing use of this theater and i did actually love the kind of the home videos playing and, and stuff like there is really there is so much to really like about it i, I the, the final thing i wanted to bring up because i feel like it is such an important part of these films now is sam um because obviously I'd, I'd, I'd joked about my my kind of what I thought might happen and hopefully didn't happen. But it's funny because that ends up being for basically two movies running now. Um, and even more so, I think, in this film, like the big red heron of this film, um, which is that is Sam going to turn into Billy? And, and you know, we see Billy again. We see Ski um and you know this kind of and especially at the end we have that moment very similar to the end of halloween 2018 um when she takes the knife and you're like oh is laurie's daughter gonna become the next michael and obviously they just completely abandoned that story and made two dog shit films after that whereas with this film it was weird because she has his mask and i really thought they would just leave that like that um and have it in the bag and i was like oh that's a cool little tease if they did another one but if they didn't i wouldn't be annoyed being like oh i need to know what happens that would have been enough for me so it was weird that she threw it on the ground and they made a point to be like no i am now disconnecting this because i hope that's the end i hope that's them saying skeet's gone she's never going to become billy she's normal now quote unquote she's sane um but i just don't believe it because i like i feel like what, what, like do you think they're done with it now because especially we had a whole like psychiatrist yeah. character and the whole like are you taking your meds so billy goes away like they have to be done with this well, right not even that side of it though it's more the um the public opinion issue that she's got mm-hmm. where people think she's the killer and she is being heckled and got drinks thrown at her because people are calling her a killer and i think like that's the harder angle to not continue in the next movie. And if you continue that, you kind of have to continue like the, the Billy voice in her head. Um, and so I find it difficult for them to get away from it. But also in this movie, it did feel like 
it was a a red herring, but then at the end of the movie, it felt so throwaway and and almost like a troll specifically to you, <laughs> where where it was just like, why why does she grab that mask and then chuck it away? And it was like it was it was like they were just referencing what we were all thinking, or or certainly what you and me were talking about on the podcast, you know. And it was like, you know, why throw that away in that moment when you've been building two movies kind of towards it, and and like. If if Skeet doesn't come back and that's it, like I would personally be happier with that as well. But I feel like that's not the the ending of it. Uh, I I, don't I, know, like, yeah. I feel like it has to be. I think like to answer yeah, your question of why did they do that to me, that is symbolic of that. Like it's very heavy handed, and I don't think it's done well. Mm. But I think it's the answer. You know, the the answer to the question of why did she take the mask and throw it away is the filmmakers telling you this part is over now. And like I think, I and I think it will be a case of just Sam and Tyra trying to get along with their lives. Obviously, all four of them um, trying to get over this. Um, but I feel like that part, the like. I, the, the one thing that was in my head after this and kind of reading synopsis to re, to like fre- refresh me on this entire plot before was like they reference her mum quite a bit in this film yeah um and she's just this weird character like i'd forgot that she was i think she was like on a holiday in the last film so it's the reason yeah. why her mum's just not in last yeah, year's and and yeah it's just like oh, okay like you've 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 now got this other character and i just yeah, that that that's for the future. Like, I really don't even. We'll have so much time to speculate on the future. Like, I'm sure in the coming weeks we're going to get an announcement. I I thought for a chunk that yeah, I was thinking to myself like, what characters, what high school girls in Scream One are still alive and still like working actresses? Because <laughs> cause, like like the one in the bathroom where she's like, uh, she's got her own bubble butt boyfriend Billy, and like I was like. Holy shit! She she hated Sydney then. She was probably pregnant, like with with uh, Sam, and that's why she hated Sydney. Mm. <laughs> um, but but yeah, going going back to kind of um, like the 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 Billy stuff, I d- I do really hope it is is over. I think it, I think it you know doesn't need to continue in the next movie. It, the movie has enough strengths without it. Um, Here's my here's my, here's think... my early prediction for the killer in the next film. <laughs> it is yeah. um, her mum kills herself, yeah. and but she had a half brother, and he is so annoyed that their mum killed herself because of Sam that he is now the singular killer in the next film. It, <laughs> they're literally just doing Scream Free again because the, the parallels at this point are so ridiculous that that's what they're going to do. Yeah, but he's making the movie of Scream Five, <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Um... I, I'm I'm down for a Scream Free remake. <laughs> <laughs> I am as well. <laughs> I mean, I mean, after these two films, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do want to say about as well is obviously the the stew stuff mm-hmm. because obviously, like, we're in full spoiler now. Like, obviously, it was heavily kind of rumored that he might be in this movie and everything else, and like that was such a great troll. And then throughout this whole movie, he is so heavily influenced, and he is directly quoted multiple times. Kirby has the throwaway line, like, yeah, if you believe Stu's really gay, yeah, I think it's Kirby. It is Kirby, yeah. And like, like, her and of all like, characters saying that as well. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you bastards. Like, you you knew. You knew exactly what you were doing. And it was almost like, it's almost like the opposite of what we were speaking about with, I know he did last summer, where I felt like Matthew Lillard was also in on this, where they all were just having a fun time being like, yeah, we can just fuck with you like in in the minutiae of making this movie made and then it then it you know it it worked great that like all of this randy stuff uh, randy all of this stew stuff was there um 
And if he had have just whipped the mask off and it had have been him, it would have been like, why? And what the hell? And why aren't you going after Sydney? Why? Why do you care about Tara? And like, you know, um, you know, I guess with Sam, there could be this lineage to Billy that that maybe they could bring into play. But yeah, it would have just felt weird. Mm. And and I enjoyed, I enjoyed the troll more than him being in it. I think. yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing that I wanted to just mention was was the level of kills. Like, we've spoken about it a bit, but I think, like, the kills are very violent, and, and all of them are, are pretty memorable. You know, even, like, the Doctor, and, and even, like, the scene in the um, uh, Abe Snake, where, where we have, you know, Ghostface with a shotgun shooting people. Mm. I was like, even that, like, all of them felt very violent and good in the moment and worked. And, and um, you know, I, I think... You know, that's one of the things that this franchise has always been and this continues to be. And, you know, we spoke about Scream 5 and obviously the shower scene with the, you know, the, the, the cop and, and, and son double death that was crazy. And like this has multiple deaths that, that are on par with that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and not just because of the overall chaos, but the actual kills themselves, because I think that shower scene was a perfect. This was a great cat and mouse with a great kill. And I think, you know, you look at the you know, the, the ladder scene, it was the same, you know, there was so much going on. And, and I think that's why it worked so well that she, um, got killed quote unquote in that, in that moment, um, Quinn, Mm. because if, if it had been almost any other scene, it would have, you know, you would have dwelled on it much because it was so chaotic. Like we saw her being stalked by Ghostface in the background by, uh, hot, uh, apartment guy. (laughs) Yeah. I mentioned him. And, um, He's great. He's great. Um, he is. He is great because uh, I'll come on to him in a second. But I think with, um, you know, we get that. And then we get the, the tussle that we hear. And then her body just gets like chucked out of the room. I'm like, yeah, she's dead. Like, I'm like, that was that was a cool death. It didn't need to be in my face. But I should have learned that it does need to be in my face in Scream. Um, but yeah, I, hot, hot Apartment guy, I thought worked really well for what it needed to be. That like he... Um, I like the fact that he was very aware of him being a problem in the screen world that he's like, yeah, you shouldn't trust anyone, including me. And at the end when she was like, yeah, you need to fuck off the guy. Like you're a new dude and I don't necessarily trust you. And he, and I, and I like the fact that he was like, yeah, you, you, you're right. Like you can trust me, but you're right to not trust me. And then he didn't do some sort of heroic, like I'm going to break in and save you at the end. He just chilled outside and got the police and was like, I'm just going to chill. And like, when you need me, I'll be here because I'm not a dick, but you were right not to trust me. And I, and I, I just like that, that it was, it felt like the, the right thing for him to do in that world. Yeah. You, you are absolutely right. Like all of that is so true. And I do think that is the best way to do this, but I, my eyes rolled when they revealed that she had another boyfriend because I was just, I was just like, oh, for God's sake, Sam! Like you, they, they never tried to make him the killer. Yeah, no, but I was, I was like, oh, they really yeah. don't want me to like this character, Sam, because <laughs> it made me just like her less. Because I was like, can you just not have one film where you don't have a boyfriend? Because it, you, like, it's immediately going to be like suspect number one. Because of course, and, and I get it. Like they literally did it in all of the Scream, you know, one, two, and three with, um, with Sydney. It was like she always Sydney. had to have a boyfriend because then that was always going to be the prime suspect after what happened with Billy, and then it never was. Yeah. Um, so like I get 
that that's the thing, but it's it was just like, come on, like <laughs> it was a bit annoying. But I completely agree with you that they actually did handle it well, and I also really like the way they handle it in the finale, where it's just like, yeah, just go away, and it serves two purposes because again, it it makes sense of um him still being a suspect of like, oh, we you we've given you a reason to not be here, so you could be the killer. Yeah, but, yeah. but actually, it's not. We, you're just not relevant to this story right now, and then like, you yeah, can come back in. Away. How easy did you make this for me, yeah. Sam? Like, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, but I love so much about this. Just, you know, I think we got to move on. But I really did love so much about this, and and with the the you know the nine ghost faces that we got on the cinema, mm. like the the semicircle with like Billy and Billy's outfit in the in the glass case. Like, I loved seeing that, and and just everything in that room. I want to visit that room. <laughs> like like more than like most locations in most movies i just want to go there and like look at all the shit mm. because, like, because that's not just one room that's like that's that's six movies in one that i get to yeah. visit then yeah that's so be, like cool. walking around the warner brothers like harry potter studio i love that and again it just it reminds me that like they've hinted at that at saw and it's to me that's like a layup and it, and like i don't know why more franchises haven't done it and it's like we've now seen this done flawlessly in this film because i think it is just it reminds like it serves so many purposes i think not everyone that watches these films is going to be so up to date with like the overall history of these films so it's perfect because you're literally telling the audience it's a, it's an info dump in of itself of being like here are the previous killers in the order that they happened going mm-hmm. back to the original like and but then for us it's exciting because we get to see them they get to talk about them and yeah it's just it's so well written i think this 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 is such a well-constructed film um to where it's like i shouldn't have been massively surprised because i thought last year's was good but like i i'm just blown away by how much better i think this is and i I think yeah this is stunning um for me and i I really wonder now in the future where where i would put this um Mm. because for me it it was it was like easily one four um two three five um and did I say that right? Yeah, one, four, two, three, five. Um, and whereas I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is clearly better than five, but then I really don't know at that point. Um, it's so difficult. Like, it's really, really difficult. But I, I think this is so much closer to Scream Three than Scream Five ever was. Um, yeah, I think easily in my head, I'm like, it's a contender. Like, mm. I have to give it that second watch because, yeah. as we've said, the second Scream watch is when you can fully digest it because you don't have all of these giddiness and 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 everything else you can just dissect what it is but but i could easily because i like i said i enjoyed five on rewatch more than the first viewing Mm. so i'm like shit if i like this movie more on the second viewing like this could easily be above screen free for me yeah um so so yeah like yeah but and and you know the fact that it is a contender for movie of the year when we said we don't need that and and but like getting it is just it's just it's just greedy and i'm but i love it yeah i (laughs) I didn't see it coming like this to me is really exciting of like i feel like this year so far just hasn't gone the way i thought in terms of the films um because we've had like some fairly big misses in terms of you know a brandon cronenberg movie that i hated um an m night movie that certainly didn't land like his previous three um and stuff like that that i really just didn't know where we're even at at this point and then a screen movie that i was like oh yeah it's cool like it's a fun conversation for the podcast i almost look forward to that more than just the actual film mm. um but yeah this over delivered massively um in, and i just i'm i'm stunned like do, yeah. did you expect it to be this good well, 
I stupidly expect it to be this good, <laughs> but I, um, in my heart, wouldn't. Because it's one where, like, in my head, I'm like, um, I, I, I'm like, yeah, a screen movie coming out, I want it to be movie of the year. Because, mm. you know, that that's where the level of scream is in my head. And, and that is the expectation that I always have in the back of my head. But the reality is, I'm like, yeah, if they can make a top 10 movie... That that I really loved, and it's a scream movie. That that's good enough. But but yeah, um, yeah. Foolishly in my mind, I do hope for these heights. Um, yeah. And the fact that then they delivered, yeah, uh, it blows me away. Obviously, um, the for scream is a lot higher because we now have six entries that are all great. Um, yeah. But for me, if a Saw movie come out that was this good, yeah. I I don't know how I'd take it. Like my head would just explode because I I wouldn't be ready for a film of this quality to be in the Saw franchise, yeah. and, I, and I can't see it at this point either. I think it's just impossible. And obviously, yeah. again, to bring it back to what I just said, like Scream is so clearly a consistently higher um, quality than Saw is. Um, but well, it is well, the thing. like horror franchises. Like, mm. there isn't a horror franchise that has got six entries to this level no um, all bangers yeah like not even close like scream is head and shoulders you know to me the 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 horror franchise that is just the the bar for consistency you know and i think um uh, you know and I, it'll be in i wonder what other scream fans feel about scream because because that's the only thing i think about is like you know, you talk to Nightmare on Elm Street fans or Halloween fans, and they do all have different favorites, and they, mm. they do all dislike some of the franchise. Yeah. Whereas, like for me, I love Scream, and I love all of the movies, and I have a least favorite and a favorite, but but the but the level between them all is not vast. Mm. Whereas, like you talk to a Halloween fan, they're like, "Oh yeah, I fucking hate them Rob Zombie ones," or Season of the Witch. That doesn't even count. Yeah. You know? Or you, you talk about, you know, Friday the 13th fans and like, oh, yeah, well, I, I loved it when he, you know, had the hockey mask, but prior or, or, you know, whatever. And yeah, but like with this, you just don't I just don't feel that way. I'm just like, no, it's just all 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 killer, no filler. Yeah, I, th- I think Scream has always been different because I, I get that we're biased, but mm. when you have the first four made by the same people well, yeah. like it just changes things completely because all of these other franchises have like greatness involved in them but they don't can have consistent great yeah chucky's a good example and it's why it's one of our favorites um but it's like these other ones like the hellraiser it's like yeah clive barker mm-hmm. was heavily involved obviously in creating the character and making the first movie and then from that point on he was like all right i'm out you know so like and all of these people whether it's the john carpenters of this world or all, all these other great creators like they didn't have this huge involvement with the franchise the way wes did for so long and i think that's what's so crazy is that like i really 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 thought that we would have four amazing movies and then it would just start to go in that direction that we've seen with these recent sequels and i and i i'm so happy for this team this this collective known as radio silence these kind of four people the duos of the directors and the duo of the writers because like i still remember watching vhs for the first time and and there's the finale segment the halloween section in the haunted house was so much fun and to think that that's where it started watching that movie god knows how long ago um and i remember being so excited for ready or not that like oh they've got this big film and it looks really fun and it it landed for so many people it was a critical and commercial success for a horror film but we both hated it and it was Mm -hmm. such a shame because i was like oh i'm fans of these guys i'm rooting for these guys and it's a shame that i didn't like this and for them to now do this to scream of all franchises like i'm just so so happy for them and for us as fans as well like this is such a good time like we we really get this 
So the the we're this invested in a franchise and it delivers, let alone what we get to talk about on TV as well. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, say, let's just segue now to to the exact same thing again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was our that was our discussion on Scream Six. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. So yeah, there was uh, something else we we should probably talk about. I guess um, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm ready. No, I'm really not. Like I like. Listen, we're obviously going to continue to talk about actually both these things now. Like I, Correct. Scream was a weird one because I got quite sick of talking about Scream last year. Um, it, it it just became like banging your head against the wall. Where I was like, oh, I like these certain things, but I really don't like these other things, and and it just became a bit frustrating. And and but this new movie has just completely liberated me to the point that I love talking about Scream again now. Um, whereas of course, The Last of Us has been such a joy every single week even though it is now sadly over after a mere nine episodes um and obviously the finale yeah the finale being the shortest episode which we knew going in or at least i'd read um the run times prior to the season and i was stunned by but i don't i don't think it was that noticeable watching it like i feel like they mostly hit all of the beats they needed to um obviously this is a a full spoiler alert for the i guess the full season now of the last of us on hbo season season one of last of us game one of last of us is now on the table <laughs> yeah but no future spoilers because no, um, no, no there's, there's really so much speculation that's oh needed God. to be had um yeah. but it's it's crazy but yeah they I, I feel like it was it was what we said a few weeks ago is that for me this tv show is the greatest hits of the last of us um it is not a one-for-one correlation because the, the feeling of playing that game the feeling of tension with in particular the infected and the clickers is very minuscule in the show it has a couple of moments but outside of that it is all about the joel and ellie storyline which is obviously fundamentally what the last of us is about but it is about many other things as well as that um and i feel like what the show has done perfectly is translate that that duo that relationship to i think of the greatest characters ever made in video games that translation to the to the screen um the embodiment of the actors i i can't believe how much i now see ellie and bella um yeah. like i can't believe it i, I think with joel it's it's um the second, the second he got cast we saw him as joel yeah i did but i also think it's easier um, and i do think that he um i because i lo- already loved pedro it's a bit of like a cheat um because when i see pedro now i don't immediately say he's just joel and that's it like he is still other things for me yeah she is ellie like she is ellie and and it just it blows me away because i thought that would have been way harder because i think ashley johnson was so ellie to me and and of course we we get exactly this episode (laughs) that's exactly what i was gonna say that ashley is ellie and ashley you know her you know ellie was was made you know the evolution of ellie was through ashley and her personality but not only that ashley's voice is ellie if you mm. ever hear her well you you hear her in this episode like, <laughs> yeah, that's like, so crazy. like, like anna her voice i'm like well shit that's ellie in the game like you know instantly and um troy isn't that you know troy is a voice actor that puts on these these voices for multiple characters he plays a joker he play well he plays the joker even so he's um, he's in my two favorite yeah. video games yeah. of all time the, the 
Last of Us. Yeah, he plays. You know, he's he's in Uncharted. He's he's in Death Stranding. He plays all these different voices, and he's also Joel. Where you know, so when I see Troy Baker, I don't think Joel. When I see Ashley Johnson, I'm like, well, that's Ellie. That that is Ellie. And so when Bella got cast, I'm like, well, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not um, Ellie. Ashley Johnson's Ellie. Whereas, yeah, I never felt that with Troy. Where I felt like, okay, yeah, he voiced he voiced Joel, and he was fantastic. I don't want to downplay that, but I never felt like this embodiment of that individual as as Joel as I did with Ashley. So the fact that Bella could could do that and by the end of this um is unequivocally ellie it was a way harder task and and she executed it so incredibly yeah um, i feel so sorry for troy now having seen this episode because we, we did talk about it at yeah, the time yeah. but like they they did ashley so well obviously this is just a perfect casting of her being ellie's mom just the yeah. the, the actual meaning of that meaning for the first so like yeah, I mean, I, I was welling up throughout this whole episode, but, like, yeah, yeah. to start with this moment that we, you know, we, we again, perfectly predicted that it would start with this scene that we kind of knew was coming from the teaser trailer, this brand new content, obviously, to us, because we never get to see Anna in the video games. Um, but it was it was so beautiful. Um, and, again, it, it has a narrative reason because it reminds the audience of who Marlene is and why the decision she makes is, is so crazy later on. Um but I was like, I was so happy that she got this moment to shine. And, and now her legacy is preserved as Ellie's mum. And it is a yeah. shame because Troy playing James is just not the same. It's yeah, like it he's, he's a throwaway character that was just there. And it's like he he could have been. I don't, Listen, there's there's there is a lot because, it's like, oh, he could have been David or he could have been this character. But the more I think about the only misfire in this entire season for me is Kathleen um, in, I think it was episode four and five. Yeah. Um, it was ish was right there. Like <laughs> just a side character played oh, Troy Baker. Like h- how did, how did Neil not do that? It, it, it's the only way the show could have been better it is, is having Troy in two episodes as ish, like what that would have done for the fans and what he could have done with this brand new character would have been sensational. Um, and it is, unfortunately, it is this, like, dream casting, but, like, it's, him just playing this throwaway character is not worthy of Troy, sadly, but it's 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 still fine. I, I get that. I think I think now, though, now now I've seen season one, and, and like, I you know, it's all there. I watched this goddamn finale three times already. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, do you know what? Like, th- there are things that they could have done different. You know, we spoke about the infected being in it more, and, and yeah... It would have been nice as a, as a super fan of the game for Troy to not get, you know, to get a better role, etc. But overall, like everything they did, I couldn't, you couldn't possibly dream of a better, uh, like, realization of something that you've loved for 10 years. You know, this video game is something that, that you know, it is my favorite game and favorite story in a game. And they've turned it into a TV show that's one of, if not now, one of, you know, it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time, if not, you know, my favorite so I'm like that, you know. They, they've done, they've done so many things right, and I think um, so many of my negatives is just wanting more. Yeah, you know, like like this episode where you say, yeah, it does feel like the greatest hits, and and they do hit all of the beats and give all of the beats enough time versus what we got in the game. But I almost, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh man, we we could have got more. I'm like, we could have just, you know, this episode could have been longer and we could have got more of these moments, goddammit. And that's the thing, I just want more because Mm. what they did was so fucking good. And I think that's the thing, is like this episode, like, 
the bits that we got that were more or different hit me so hard when you know we got the you know the, the giraffe scene was we've spoken about it in in not direct context like on this show before because obviously we weren't doing future spoilers but like that moment was was the moment in the game where that emotional beat hits you and you know you you realize that you've become this parent and you're you're watching your child have pure joy and you feel that pure joy of your you know your child having that joy makes you have that joy and is emotional and and you know i i played the original game uh, firstly as not a parent and then on replays as a parent and and like it hits you so hard in both ways um because it it teaches you how to become a parent and then and then you then you get that hit or if you are a parent you already know how that feels so like the game does such a good job of that and the tv show has less time to get you into that mindset but it still mm. does and and i think that that scene was so strong but then to cut to the scene with um ellie and joel and joel explaining the scar and yeah. and, and and how he was the guy that missed and and the way that they both tell their emotions to each other and it was when joel said um well well i'm I just going to skip it back one second it was when ellie said in that scene with the giraffe where she's like look we've got to do this we've got to finish it it can't all be for nothing and then like and then i will follow you anywhere i'll follow you to the moon and i'm like that hit me and then when 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 she was like i i know what you're saying i know why you're telling me this story like time heals all wounds and he just like looks at her and he's like it wasn't time you know it, and or i can't even remember the exact line now and, and but, similar yeah yeah and he's like you know it wasn't time that healed and and she looks at him and it's his way of saying like you fucking did this like you are my purpose now and you know she could have then like hugged him or or said like you know you're the dad i, n- I never had or, or you know all of these things and that wouldn't have been ellie and joel and she just mm. looks at him and is like i'm glad that that did not work out for you <laughs> you know i'm glad you killing yourself didn't work and that's her way of saying i fucking love you and and i i'm so glad you didn't kill yourself but she said it in such an ellie way that i can't you know i can't remotely do justice to well and, the, the and, performances are so unbelievable because yeah. i think the the actual writing of joel and ellie you start to realize is just so unbelievably good in the game because mm. yeah like you say they don't overtly say stuff it's all with looks and mannerisms and so to get that across to the audience to be like because we already talked about in the tv show um joel is more compassionate is more open is more loving than than the than the joel we ever saw in the video games who is much more closed off but we're still talking about extreme subtleties here we're still not talking about them overtly saying things like yes you are the thing that i needed you're my sarah now these these 20 years that i felt literally nothing i've just been surviving this is the first time that i've actually felt anything in this in this era um but yeah i I just want to pull it back to the giraffe thing as well because that was when after the opening scene with ashley 
which is obviously brand new and it was incredible it was so emotional the i really didn't expect it to be so visceral with an infected which again we talk about them not using them that much but this was used so well in the scene um and the fact that she uses obviously the switchblade and the way she cuts the umbilical cord and her lying to marlene was fantastic as well you know to be like i cut it before i got bit and it's like we just saw that she's lying and obviously it sets up what happens in the finale so well um but I was already at like an emotional state just seeing Ashley on screen. We see Ashley on screen. We see the return of Marlene from episode one, who is the same actress from the video game, the only person who reprises their role across the two mediums. So that was already like surreal for me. Um, and then getting the the Ellie being really quiet on the walk. Yeah. And obviously Joel's the one trying to fill in like, oh, why don't you tell me some puns? I'll teach you guitar. And I just immediately was it was hit me what was going to happen because you just remember that in the video game the quiet ellie and then she runs away and you're like oh my god what's the matter and you're worried that she's going to like run into an affected and obviously and the fact that they do the same shot did you see i'm guessing you did see it because you've seen it a hundred times but like yeah the fact that you see the shadow of the giraffe again it's just beautiful and I, I couldn't i couldn't take it when they had the giraffe moment because i was like man i've been waiting this whole season for this moment and i feel like had we got to this point and we'd have had problems with the show and are oh, they really fucked this up and isn't it a shame that this person was cast or whatever but it's like oh no they hit 99 percent of the show flawlessly and now we are gifted this true unbelievable moment and to see it realized was like that was when it really hit me that oh they've done the impossible with the show they have one for one translated the last of us and yes we can obviously be nitpicky because we're super fans but you'd like to say what they've done i think is unimaginable that i've i've never in my life seen an adaptation done this well across anything literally anything i i cannot believe what they've done with this hbo show it is outstanding of course everyone deserves individual props and we we talk a lot about the actors and obviously neil um and everyone at naughty dog who created the game but i think craig to be craig mazen um Mm -hmm. to be this conduit between he's a super fan of the game who knows how to make incredible tv and he's one of those people that i'm just so thankful he exists um, because we talk about that a lot with yeah. these franchises that we yeah. love and, and it's like oh yeah you can get people in the room that love things but they don't have a clue how to translate it to a different medium and, oh. and it's like he might not exist in another world, which means that we never would have got this because we needed a guy who knew how to make great HBO television and he knew The Last of Us and I'm so thankful yeah, that he the that he's the guy you, you needed so many you needed so many things of the last 15 to 20 years to, to get to this moment you know we needed <laughs> yeah. Neil we needed him to cast Troy and we needed him to cast Ashley. You know, we needed those games to come out. We needed we needed um, all of that to happen. And I think, you know, we, without, um, uh, without, you know, we needed Craig to be a super fan. And then without Craig to be this, this conduit to know what, like, he doesn't miss when he, mm. when he knows what needs to be there and what needs to be different. Because, you know, the giraffe scene, one for one, the conversation about Joel shooting himself in the head, not in the game, you know? Yeah, it's crazy um, that that replaces, obviously, um, Ellie giving uh, him the photo. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, it's like the first time he opens up about yeah. Sarah. And, so the fact yeah. that we had a lot of that in Jackson, then, yeah, created this. Um, and like, I love that. That's one of those things now that that's, 
that's headcanon to me of like that is what happened to our joel in the video games even though it was never explicitly said (laughs) well yeah and like the fact that we now know with ellie's mom like this is the this is the 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 cause of ellie being immune Mm. like you know that is huge and just is canon in the video game now you know and and all of this stuff and i think as well one of the big point in case was um the reintroduction of the fireflies where as i was watching this scene just prior to the giraffe i was like oh okay i know i'm getting the giraffe let's go and then I was like, are we going to have an awkward scene with Bella Ramsey trying to like swim and then like drown? Because in the <laughs> video game, for those of you who haven't played, like th- there's a whole running thing where Ellie cannot swim. And there are multiple puzzles to solve in the game where you have to figure out how to get Ellie across the body of water. Um, mm. And th- they're odd. Like in the game, they-, they are odd and I don't enjoy them. And, you know, in the context of a TV world, they'd feel even more obscene. And they make joke of it, obviously, in episode two. Um, and so I'm like, you know, and in the in the game, Ellie, basically, you you fall in, you, you get stuck in this body of water and you both start to drown. And then Ellie can't swim and gets pulled out by the fireflies and they kind of save her life, perform like CPR on her and bring her back. And then then you end up in the hospital and beat for beat the same thing happens and i was like that feels so and and like as we got out of the medical camp and then they they bring the pun book back and i was so happy that with the pun book in that moment and then i but in the back of my head i kept thinking when the fuck are we going to get to this like lake that they got across or something (laughs) i was like what's going to happen and then suddenly in the background these fuckers just turn up with a flash grenade and and just chuck it at them and i was like man like you know just that subtle change just shows Mm -hmm. you know someone like craig who just understood the medium that he was telling the story in and and realized that that that, yeah we needed puzzles and gamification and it does take away from the moment but it gives us a puzzle and a game a tv show doesn't need that it needs it needs the fireflies rocking up with a flash grenade and and yeah. it's just it's things like that, but then to then show the restraint that that then from from the flash grenade to the credits rolling, it's almost shot for shot. Yeah, you know, it that, is what I would say. Like we like we can be nitpicky about mm. oh they should have done this and they should have done that in the past, but obviously you're absolutely right in terms of when you're adapting something, it can never be one for one across mediums. And we talk a lot about like how like for example, I think one of the best film adaptations I've seen is the first It movie because of the fact that the book is fantastic, but it has so many problems if you try to directly correlate that to a film. Mm. And I thought they did a good job of adapting and changing certain things. And this is it again. It's like okay, with a TV show, it needs to move quicker. You need to have the emotional beats let joel and ellie have their moments to build these up characters but you've got to get to that next scene like it needed within a blink of an eye you then needed joel face to face with marlene yeah. and her telling him that she's already made this awful decision for everyone it's like you don't get a say in the matter ellie doesn't get a say in the matter i've made the decision um and to get to that so quickly, I think, is even more jarring for the audience who doesn't see it coming. So then it then puts you in the shoes of Joel. Um, and the way that next scene transpires, which, yeah. again, it's like, OK, in the game, it's a fun shootout, which is obviously going to be fun because you're headshotting guys and it's very tense because you're trying to save Ellie. The only time it's in like, the game how... you have, like, some ammo. And, like, yeah, exactly. They just go crazy because you get the machine guns from the Fireflies. Yeah. Um, so it's like, how do you translate that to a tense, grounded TV show? And, like... 
Oh, it's so good. The way he's slowly walking and he, and he, and he clocks where the cardiology is on the wall. And then it's like, he keeps stopping and you can see the cogs where he's like, he's switched off completely where he's like dead to the world where he's like, right, I'm either going to die or she's dead. So like, we're all either dead at this point. Like some, like multiple people are going to die right now and it's either going to be me or them or everyone. Um, but he's just trying to figure out his plan of action. And when is that When is that one second of weakness where I can turn the tables on these armed guys? And well, that, I think, is the strength of Joel, yeah. is, is of the strength of Pedro's performance. Because him just walking, I can see all of those thoughts in his head. Of like, Shall I do it now? No, that guy's got the drop on me. Shall I, shall I wait at this stair? No. And then it's like the second he does it, and, and that's when the show uses its violence so well. We, we talk time and time again about it doesn't have as much violence as the video game. But when they... And, and it, like, I'm glad stuff like, you know, Anna. Anna's death shouldn't be violent because it's an emotional weight. So yeah. I'm so glad they didn't show Marlene shooting her. We didn't need to see that. We didn't need to see a bullet the, in Anna's head. Like, No, definitely not. Whereas the the stairwell scene, we needed to see that guy dead. You know, when Joel's getting the, um, he's getting his bag, isn't he? Or he gets the switchblade off him. Yes, the switchblade. Um, it's like the last episode when, he, when he's in the basement and gets that gnarly kill, the, the, the slow yeah. stab in the neck. Like, we needed to see that guy die. Yeah, you know. It, yeah. Because it, need, it needs to ground it, so then because that needs to feel nasty, and it yeah. needs to feel almost like unfair on the people as well. Mm. Because it's like, well, they're just doing their jobs. Like they didn't, they didn't make this choice. Like the only person that, that made this know... choice was Marlene. Yeah, but it's important, you know, that Joel's killing people. I think, mm. I think, you know, when you when you watch uh, a, a Die Hard movie or, or uh, you know, a, a John Wick mo- movie that's coming out next week, like the, the body count, the people are uh, uh, inconsequential. They're, they're numbers for John Wick, and and you yeah, know that is like a video game, <laughs> exactly. And that's not what this is about. You know that that you need to feel that he is killing people, but those people don't matter because they're not his people. We mm. care about his person, and his person's Ellie. So these these faceless humans are humans. They're not just NPCs, but but they're not his people. They're not his Ellie. So he's going to plow through them, and I think it is that it's that calmness where he just he isn't stressed in the moment and that's that that is pedro's performance where to me i would feel like i would be you know super stressed i gotta get to my child and i would have run straight in front of the first person and got my head blown off but he has this level of of sinister calmness where he is an assassin where he I don't think in his mind he's like, you're going to die or I'm going to die. But either way, I'm going to try to get Ellie. He is, I'm getting to Ellie. Like, you cannot kill me. I am calm and I'm getting past you. And and I'm mowing every one of you down. And 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 if you look at that on paper, it feels unrealistic that this man just mm-hmm. killed 15 people. He got the drop on them all. But when you watch it in the moment and you 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 know you know of these feats that parents do you know they lift cars to save their child or whatever like this is that where he's like you ain't stopping me you can have a goddamn army if i have lung in my um lung in my air air in my lungs <laughs> and um bullets in the chamber i'm i'm getting through you and and i thought that was incredible and then obviously the gustavo song that's that's, mm. that's played i'm like it's I've I've listened to the Last of Us soundtrack kind of uh, so many times in the car driving since the video game came out. Um, just all of the different tracks and just with the through 
the through tone of it but then the different levels where there's the upbeat happy one there's the sad and like this is the saddest one and like that is just like of sheer terror and it reminds me a lot of the batman the the theme you know like the theme song of the batman that was there that 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 that's that theme mm. of dread and this was the last of us version of that and it was the perfect moment to play it um you know i think you know there are very few like movie soundtracks or just soundtracks in in general that are, that are better than the last of us you know you have you have things like lord of the rings that that have these soundtracks and you know harry potters and star wars or whatever but like you know the last of us video game soundtrack is up there with the best soundtracks to me and and you know for them to probably in the first four or five episodes very you know we got it in the title music but we got it very very little in the actual show and it and it appeared heavily in episode six and then we've had it mm. heavily ever since and i think that's such a a strong choice as well because the show tonally takes a takes a big shift from episode six i think kin is the catalyst of this show becoming it to me that was when it cemented like its greatness to me where i was like episode three was fantastic and and you know the, the, seeing the opening and all of this stuff but it was when we got that moment when i was like joel has be, joel has accepted ellie and i've accepted this relationship and i'm i'm fully where i was at in the video game in this tv world in that episode was when i was like oh yeah like the, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ever not love this mm. i knew at that point and and i think it's not coincidental that that's when the thematically gustavo's music was 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 way more prevalent in the actual show um, yeah, but they used a lot more like um, the pop songs and the covers, didn't yeah. they, in the early ones to have like a lot of symbolism. And they, they did step away from it. But I, I completely agree with you that it was I'm glad they grounded it back where it all began of that original theme because it's so good. But um, obviously with, with the um, the finale or I guess him saving Ellie, mm. like we had speculated a lot, like some of it on hair and some of it off air for fear of spoilers about how much they would change. Yeah. Um, you know, with certain context that we know that happens later on. And it is fascinating to me that to me, this felt like a direct one for one ad adaptation of part one. Yeah. With almost like no prior knowledge to what part two is. <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's crazy because it's, you know, it's from, it's from the guy who made part two recently and is and pretty much has the outline for part three um and obviously i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure craig is 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 aware of part two story as well um he might be so yeah so it's like yeah um it is strange to me because i'm like man i re I, li I like the restraint like i really thought mm -hmm. there would be more easter eggs more little tidbits of like oh here's something that might get picked up in the future but i i like it because this is the experience we had when we played part one. We didn't know the things that felt inconsequential in the part in part one ended up being groundbreaking and incredibly important in part two. And people won't know that. So I'm glad that they'll have that same feeling that we had playing the game is that like there's a lot of crazy shit that happened throughout this whole season. And some things that people will forget by the time season two comes around are going to be the most important thing that happens going I forward. Think, I think that's the thing like to keep it spoiler free like you know what you've exactly what you said there that the moments that have happened in this show will be massive in season two but you have no idea if you've not played the game what those moments are and I, but i think that's hugely important for the weight of what will happen in season two as well that if 
if they were already set in those stepping stones, you would already have feelings and emotion and and just 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 time to 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 other parts of the story. Whereas right now, the the importance is Joel and Ellie, and mm. and you need to feel what what Joel feels, you know, in that in that moment. That that you know, it is funny that you mentioned um, M Night. Um, because, because like, you know, we had that recently w- with his movie that it was like, you know, um, will, you know, uh, how far will you go to save the ones you love, you know, is basically mm. the point, um, of knock at the cabin. Um, and, and, you know, it, I kind of said it on that show where I'm like, you know, they've gone to the absolute extreme, like everyone in the world, but I'm like, you know, if you, how many, how many, nameless faces does it have to take to be the you know f- for your one person that you would be willing to sacrifice you know to to ev- everyone you know if your family's at stake versus the rest of the world you know who, who do you love and care about more um you know and and can you be a marlene that you disassociate yourself from that or or are you a, a joel you know and i think you know marlene never never was a parent to ellie she was only ever a guardian and 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 had a promise whereas joel had become the parent to ellie and that's the difference between the two and that's why marlene can make the decision she made and she she's upset about it but knew it was for the greater good whereas joel can't see sense and you know when marlene says to him like look at what you've done like you know what you've done is bad and i i i love that where where you know joel and pedro in that moment you can see in his face where he's like yeah I'm I'm a terrible person and uh I should I should not have killed those people and I should let you have Ellie back but guess what like 20 years ago I had my daughter in my arms in this exact scenario and I lost her and I'm not fucking losing Ellie so I don't care like the world can burn because the world has been dead for me for 20 years anyway so I'm yeah I'm not giving up this person and I'm like I just find that so strong and powerful and, and brave as well for, for Neil when the game first come out and then for the TV show to continue to, 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 to show that because mm. a lot, you know, we, we tend to get knock at the cabin where Joel would have been like, yeah, you're right. Like go shave a head. Let's, let's get the, let's get the, um, let's get a brain out, you know? And I'm like, nah, fuck that. Like he's saving his person. Or it would have been more open because I, I what I love in that in in that scenario is that Marlene makes a decision mm. and and once she realizes like oh I fucked up and I I somehow underestimated Joel in this mm-hmm. scenario um, as a factor I thought I could just bully him and push him away and he yeah. would accept it which is like the biggest mistake she could have made. She thought thirty but people then, uh, was enough between Joel and exactly. Ellie. <laughs> and it's like she even says herself like how did you guys get across this? This was yeah. an impossible mission that you guys achieved. So she realized that. Her, her her the error of her ways it just wasn't quick enough but then when she gets that second chance of like she basically presents to joel what she should have done the first time yeah. which is like let's have a conversation i know the way you feel you know the way i feel let ellie decide for herself she's an adult she's grown up enough and i love that joel's like no like you made your decision i'm making my decision now yeah, and yeah. these both have consequences because yeah you 
decided what was best for Ellie. And, and you're right. Like, even after all this chaos, if we now said, you know what, I've killed your fireflies, you're injured, right? Let's actually try and have this amicable and see what Ellie says. And, and who knows what she would say. Well, maybe she would see Marlene's line or maybe she'd be like, fuck it. I just want to live happy with, with Tommy and, and Joel. But like, I love that it's it's gone. It's past that. And, and it's even more so, again, it's the way it's portrayed in the game. So they just did it one for one because it's like, God, the, the video game for people that aren't familiar with video games the way the way we are video games aren't this good like i love video games but <laughs> in terms of the no, narratives no, no, bro. let's just pretend they are like <laughs> like they're really not like this is so outrageous that like yeah. again the fact that you can pull something from a 10 year old video game and it creates the best thing on tv by far by far is just unbelievable and it's why in terms of storytelling there has never been a studio like naughty dog in the history of video games mm-hmm. um but the fact that it is told the same way of you know you see in the car and then you go back to marlene and it's that second chance and and it's when she says just let me live and it's like no this is over like you you made your decision and you have to live with it and and you actually don't have to live with it because the decision is you're dead now like you're dead everyone i've seen is dead i just killed a doctor without even looking at him like these moments are so powerful and and again another example of it's funny because i was kind of saying like how bella really feels like ellie to me but and we just keep coming up with examples of how amazing pedro's acting was in this episode yeah but the the car the car scene when when he's telling the bullshit story like again we we just talked about it with scream of if you're trying to do the an actor is 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 lying poorly this is how you do it Mm -hmm. because performance telling her this story of all oh, the raiders came in and i had to quickly scoop you up without your clothes and get you away it's like it's so obviously bullshit and ellie obviously knows it's bullshit yeah, and it's again that scene needs to be perfect because the bombastic finale to your action horror apocalypse show is a conversation between two people in which yeah. one of them says yeah, the are you lying is. to me <laughs> okay yeah yeah it, yeah are you lying to me yes or no they lie and say yes and that person says okay and that's the finale and it, and that hinges on all of these other things working and, and the last piece of the puzzle is that conversation in the car mm-hmm. because if they don't get that across then it doesn't make sense why Ellie asked the question. It doesn't make sense again why Joel doubles down. And it's like, we all know what's happening here. It's, it's a song and dance. Like, Joel knows that Ellie doesn't believe him. Ellie's not believing him. But it's it's all just a, it's, it's all just a show at that point because they want to be happy with each other. Um, and, of course, the, the repercussions for that are, are what's going to be the, the future seasons, which I just I cannot wait for. The fact that we get to experience this all over again. Um, I'm giddy. I'm giddy with gonna... excitement, but I'm so sad it's over. Oh, I'm really sad it's over, and I, I really, again, we, we will speculate, I'm sure, in the future, but I just, I can't wait to see what they do, because, again, they've, so far, they've done a direct correlation of the video game, all evidence points to them doing that again, um, and I just wonder if they'll do it, because if they do do it, they're going to have a riot on their hands, um, <laughs> I just can't, I just don't know how you do it. I really, really don't. I mean, again, it's, they did it in the video game, so maybe they will just do it and somehow achieve greatness once again, but I just don't know how. No. I don't think it... The, the, the one thing I will say, and again, this isn't spoilery, is that TV audience is different. When when you play a video yeah. game, you typically have to buy the console, or, or you have the console, and you buy a, a, you know, a $60 or whatever video game to play it, and you, you have a level of investment 
mm-hmm. that is much higher. With a TV show, they need you to keep watching week on week. So if you do something that actively pisses off the audience, the, the normal response to that is to stop watching. And that is going to be tricky for them going forward because in in the game they do do things to actively piss off the person who's playing the video game and it all makes sense in the end and i think it's magical it's actually a genius work of art what they what they pull off in part two but i just i don't see how you do that in a tv show yeah but i think i think tv and film makes you feel that emotion less overtly way more often than what video games do you know there there are uh, there are tv shows and there are films that want to make you feel those emotions and 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 takes you on that journey because a it's a shorter journey instead mm. of a a 60 hour game that makes you feel like shit for most of it and and b and and, and by the way I, I love part 2 i think it's an absolute work of art as well but it does make you feel like shit for a chunk mm. of it and 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 um and and it isn't that barrier to entry, like you say, that the cost and everything else that you put into it. But I think as well, I think you're expecting it more as a, as a TV viewer as well. Those sorts of things. Um, but I don't want to go too much because it's teetering on spoilers. But I think, um, you know, with the with Joel like making that decision as well, I think they they did a very good job with this as making Ellie. I th- it felt more aware to me that the in the scene prior to the giraffe it's not just ellie coping with what she's just been through over winter but i think it's also the realization of the hospital and what that might bring she's not stupid and she does i don't think she necessarily thought they're going to cut her brain out but i think she thought that she was going to be separated from joel for for at least a long period of time if not forever that like i'm going to be a guinea pig and you're definitely never going to be a firefly so how does this work for the period of time that i'm the firefly's guinea pig and like she was accepting of saying goodbye to joel and i think if marlene had have woken ellie up put the the three of them had been in a room together and she'd have said right okay the only way we can make a cure is you have to sacrifice yourself ellie would have sacrificed herself um you know, in the scene when she said, you know, with the giraffe, like, this all can't be for nothing. I think she mm. feels so strongly about that that she would have done it. And and Joel wouldn't have wanted to let her, but kicking and screaming, he would have had to have let her make that decision. But he knew in that in that moment that, that because Marlene had taken that decision away from her, he could as well. And he could selfishly take her back, which is exactly what he did. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, he foolishly has underestimated Ellie because she, cl- yeah, she clearly knows that, that, you know, that's bullshit. She, and, you know, she calls him out on the bullshit. And I, and I, and I just remember like playing the game and hearing Ellie say, okay. And then the credits roll and being like, what the fuck? Like that's, that's the ending. And then just like just stating on the one word okay and like what does that mean like i'm like you know is she accepting his lie i i I didn't think so you know is she saying okay let's move on with our lives um you're not gonna fucking tell me but you know what we're at tommy's you're my dad like let's let's just live our lives or is she saying like okay you're not gonna tell me we're, we're done like you know screw you and like i remember just 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 dating on that for years and like mm. and and i you know i 
I'm envious of people that that now mm-hmm. kind of get that moment because you yeah. know, we, we don't have that moment because we've played part no, two. We but like, answers, no. <laughs> yeah, and and like if if the answers are the same, like that is the question for us. But I think they will be. Um, they will be. I but, did say I think that a while ago. Do you know just as a tangent in terms of certain things that they could change? Mm. I really felt like that was on the table. Yeah, having seen know. this season, that that is off the table. That they, they uh, the, the all of the major beats from part two will be identical. Yeah, it's just how long it takes to get there. Um, mm. How many seasons of TV until the the finale of part two? Is. Yeah, I do think about that. Like I, I mean. Yeah, that is an interesting one. I, I think they should announce it up front and be like, it's two seasons. It's because definitely I, I, just, I think it's it two or three. This was already rushed. Like, we've already spoke about this again, but, like, this season was rushed in my... No, not massively, but, like, it could have been longer. And people for people that don't know about the video games and you might just hear part one and part two part two is at least three times longer than part one. Like, at least three times longer. Yeah. Um, so even lowballing it and saying two seasons but yeah i i think it would it would sound more crazy for people that aren't aware of it if they were like like because it would feel like the hobbit if, if people yeah, heard like yeah, oh yeah. you're trapped in part two and it's three seasons people would be like oh they're stretching it out blah 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 and it's like well no it actually would make perfect sense if it was three seasons there's, but I, I feel like they'll go for two there's not a doubt in my mind that it's multiple seasons i i would i would bet anything on it um mm. But but yeah, how many seasons is the question for me? But but it's not one season, not not not. No, the the good thing is is that the business reason would well, be yeah 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 exactly because it's great and also there is a finite amount of this. Once you've adapted part two, that's it. The well is dry until the, until mm. Naughty Dog make the sequel, which will probably take many 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 years. Because Neil's um, making the best TV show on the planet right now. Yeah, and it's like, and when he was doing nothing else, it took seven years to make a sequel. <laughs> and now he's making another game, which isn't The Last of Us Part Three, and he's heavily involved in this TV show. Like, yeah, it it could literally take a decade from now. Yeah. Um, who, who knows? And video games only take longer as more time has gone yeah. on as well. Um, so that's an aside. So yeah, like it makes sense for the to HBO technically to be like, we want five seasons of this show because it's a hit already. Like they might put the money yeah, up front and, and be like. And the artistic choice is the best option as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, it's like it needs to have time to breathe. It, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't if they genuinely said we're doing just a part two, and we're gonna, and it is gonna be five seasons. So it'll be four seasons for part two. Mm. That isn't crazy because it gives you way more episodes to do Bill and Frank, which yeah. is brand new stories and content, and it lets the the actual story of the game breathe. So I mean, we even talked about when I recently played the games in December how. The cutscenes in part one, there's like one cutscene that's longer than five minutes in part one. Whereas you play part two and the cutscene's gone for ages. So so even though the game is longer, it really is like the content, the story, the dialogue, the characters. There is so much more in part two. I almost feel like I am lowballing it by saying it's three times mm. longer because it might even be four times longer. Um, uh, I, I do. Really crazy. I do think there will be large. There, there, there could easily be parts of that game that are cut, though. Um yeah, like yeah, gameplay stuff for sure. Yeah, um, you know, th- there's a scene with like an island that you go to. I think that whole that whole bit could go. Like, oh, no, they're definitely like, gonna have. That. They're, they're gonna love it because because <laughs> it could be a, it, you know, it's an equivalent of a Bill and Frank. But like that sort of stuff, they oh, could it's more easily, than that. It's equivalent of a season. <laughs> well, it is a season as well. But they could easily like you know just you know if if they had restraints, they can they cut. Are, like, yeah, but mm. I, I I hope they don't. Like I don't want them to cut that. But there are, there are 
lots of parts that they could. But, but yeah, I mean, going back to this season, I think just just overall thoughts on it, it is that um, it's it's the easiest ten out of ten that we've that we've ever had for the podcast, probably. Mm. And like, I I believe. <laughs> well, I, I mean, in terms of like just full stop, like I'm like. Is this? Uh, we haven't seen anything of this quality across say, any medium is, since we've started doing the show. It's the say, best thing. Is, is this the best thing that we've seen on the podcast? Like unequivocally, yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I genuinely say that with zero hesitation. There, there isn't yeah. anything in the last seven years that is better than The Last of Us. There isn't because that's what blows my mind. Because like, I'm, I'm too like in the level of fandom to know whether that's the case yet but i i, I think it is right and, and it's just oh, that's, that's crazy well. i'll still say it <laughs> i said i i probably am as well but i'll still say it it, it is funny for me as well because do you remember how like bullish i was about the show back in december <laughs> yeah. like i made some ridiculous claims like yeah, people need to listen to the shows where i was like this is hbo's next big hit it's going to be a critical success where everyone loves it and it will win all the awards and it will be like a big ratings hit and both of those things have turned out to be like i say i even i didn't think it would be this good and, and and to me the only reason why i said that was because of the quality of the last of us where yeah. i was like as long if they even did it 50 percent as good as the game that is better than 90 percent of tv shows but yeah. the fact that they probably did it 95 of the of the game means that it's better than 100 percent of all tv shows because well, that's how good the story is the thing is is that it's, it's so weird because they did they did the game 95 percent justice but then they added 20 percent of awesome content on top of it <laughs> yeah they definitely did yeah. you, you, you know what i mean so then like yeah, you know you right, so yeah. technically got 115 percent like yeah. on it, you know because it's like yeah they, they missed the very odd beat but then they gave us the, the bill and franks and those sorts yeah. of things you it was know? the job story they gave us anna like they yeah. gave us jackson with tommy like you say yeah. all of these things that are unequivocally better than the video game is crazy exactly so like you know that is that is my like you know my takeaway like now is that I need to digest the show. I then want to play the game again, part one, and then I want to be like, what do I think is better? And I and I cannot believe that that I can that that's even a conversation for me to have with myself. Mm. Where my favorite video game of all time, I'm now like, okay, do I like this show better? Um, oh, I can't even. I'm not even going to like ask myself that question. Like, I don't want to. I want you I don't to one to. day, though. No, I, no, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. There, there's no point. I don't need to answer that question. <laughs> like, it's irrelevant to me. I, I love these things so much that I really. Mm. I can't compare a TV show to a video game. Mm. I just can't. It's impossible I think, to me. I yeah, like I say, uh, with with Bella and 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 Pedro, I I really think they need to win every award imaginable, and and more awards need to be created for them. Uh, <laughs> our, our end of year is done. Like we could just end it now. They are the best best men and best female performance. Like spoiler alert for December. <laughs> no no point in having a conversation. Like no, really like if we sit down in December and one of us tries to ch- argue with the other, <laughs> someone else, I don't care that we've not seen the next nine months uh, of content. <laughs> that person needs to get called out and tell them to shut the fuck up. Okay, <laughs> like like right now, that's just a side note for a mental note for us too because these two win that award. Um, because I think like. You know, it, it, like I say, in that moment, it was it was just with the giraffe, and then with with them talking to each other. Um, it was just the way that they said "I love you" in in a 
you know, in a in a Joel and Ellie way where, you know, they could have been, you know, it could have been like, oh, you know, you've Joel could have been like, oh, you've fixed me in a way that in every way that a person can. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's what they said in Titanic, Joel. Like you need to, you need to say it in a Joel way. And I'm like, you know, I'm so glad that they, they delivered the, the, you know, the dialogue was there. But then the way that Pedro and Bella delivered it was just out of this world. Um, yeah. So yeah, they they win everything hands down, and and they should do for every outlet that has an award. Like I, you know, sports personality of the year, one of those two. <laughs> like I, just any any award for an individual should be given to them. Uh, I am curious to see like when like the Emmys and stuff happens because yeah, um, I'll be so angry. <laughs> I probably will be. I mean, I'm so disenfranchised. Like I'm someone yeah. who does quite like that sort of stuff. Um, but this recent like like the Oscars just happened in the last Ooh. week, and it's so dreadful yeah. in my opinion. Um, but um, and I think the Baftas is so much better than the Oscars in this day and age. But yeah, it, it's um. I, I can't wait to rewatch this. Like I, over the past couple of weeks, I was looking up to try and try and find out what when we would expect it. Because um, I looked up when House of the Dragon came out in 4K, oh, like right. in correlation with after the show, and it seemed like it came out like a month or two after the last episode aired. Um, so I'm hoping that we'll get this on 4K by like June, oh, that July. Neil time. Craig audio Probably. commentary. Oh, just everything man like i just i can't wait to watch it and i can't wait to physically like have it in my hand and to be like here is the 4k of this immaculate tv show that is yeah it's it's easily my favorite tv show since my favorite tv show of all time which is lost and like i've always said that it will it'll never stop like unequivocally I'll, I'll never change that but like i never thought i'd even have that <laughs> like as a conversation in my head which again is another question that i refuse to answer but like the fact that there no, no, is no, something no, no, now no, in my no, mind no 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 i'll let you not compare a tv show to a video game but you can you can compare a tv show to a tv show i, I won't i won't pose you that question now i will <laughs> I, but i will pose you that question at year end okay, okay I, i'll fine. give you more time to digest but you, yeah. you're answering that question I'll give I'll give The Last of Us all the flowers in the world, but I I can't give it my favorite TV show of all time. Yeah, I just I we'll can't. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> not um, after not after one season. We we shall see. Nine because yes, all you need, bro. Um, there is uh, there is plenty more of this crazy story to to be adapted, and I think we've speculated before, but there is just that is that to me is the big question now again this isn't spoilery, but like there's a, there's a there's one character in part two mm-hmm. that I can't we 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 need to have like a whole podcast dedicated to when that gets announced <laughs> and speculating <laughs> who that is what that means and all that stuff because yeah like in terms of getting the right people for joel and ellie it's almost it's not as important but it's it's so close to being as important for another character oh no it's as important it's as important i don't know i don't know if it's as important i think so like maybe like especially like to continue like yeah this was important to get the show started but but season two if they if they don't stick the cast in season two falls on its ass it falls yeah on but its i ass. also i also think that could happen if they nail the if they nail the cast in though um i don't know i don't think it can at that point um, <laughs> i don't think i think the last of us is too good to hinge on cast at this point it's kind yeah, of like my biggest thing. maybe I, I think i don't think i don't think david's cast casting was i get i know david's not the same as this character we're talking about i was about. gonna say yeah if if pedro wasn't joel and bella wasn't ellie you know this show would be very different and and you know i think that's true yeah season two but Mm. but yeah i I, i'm just so happy man i think the other thing was like 
That that was a real giraffe, right? Like that has to be a real giraffe. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that was a real giraffe, man. I was going to say to to me it 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 took me out of it a little bit. Oh, I didn't for me. It was yeah, for me it was. I was like, I think I was like, man, it looked great. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, I could tell. Like I could tell. Like um, which was a shame because I was like, really, you can't just train a giraffe to like eat some leaves out of Bella's hand. Like that that to me would have been the difference. Have to find it. I I think I think I think they had a giraffe, man. Maybe it was both because it is weird. Like as a weird example, like Life of Pi is it has like a real tiger at times. It was a moment there was one point where i didn't think it was real but there was i think it was the point that ellie was feeding it and i was like that's a fucking real giraffe yeah no i think you're right it's this, this the mm. first time you see it it didn't mm. look real to me yeah um but then yeah when she's like when they're closer to it and, yeah. and interacting with when, it it did feel real though when she's feeding it i'm like that is they were on set feeding a giraffe uh, <laughs> that that would just be a fun like aside at some point when i'm sure we'll get told um Oh yeah, and like I say, the, these both these things. Th- this conversation doesn't end with these two hours because. No, sorry, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're like th- this podcast needs to be about talking about things that we love, and we're not just suddenly going to be like, right? There's these two of the of genuinely like the probably the best film I've seen this year, easily the best TV show I've seen in well over a decade. And it's like we're not going to suddenly just forget that those things exist by next week. Do we? Do um, we? Do we announce now the rebranding of the show? Uh, that, that we are now just called the unofficial last of us podcast and we no longer talk about weekly horror we we just talk about last of us every week <laughs> i may as well like because yeah I, I mean we need a new we'll need a new wes craven uh retrospective soon yeah. so maybe we can just like redo all of the episodes <laughs> yeah we'll give them all the give them all an actual show exactly yeah um we've got it right there but yeah that was spectacular like before we end obviously um i'm very excited for next week we're back in the cinema to see 65 um which feels like we should have seen this movie about five years ago um but it's finally here i can't wait i I love those two uh directors so uh, fingers crossed for that one um I just want to say as an aside that this is such a momentous episode. It is obviously by far our longest regular episode um, that isn't obviously the best of ones. And it's been so spectacular to talk about such an amazing film and TV show. So if you guys have enjoyed it, like we never ask about these things, but if you have enjoyed it, leave us a a rating or a a review um, on your sort of podcast app of choice because it helps us massively in the algorithm and getting this good episode out to people that would want to hear it. And of course, share it with uh, with like-minded individuals as well friends if you have like last of us fans scream fans obviously this will be perfect for them um and yeah i feel like we we never mention that stuff but like there's no better time than i think probably our best individual episode we've ever done i think so and i think we're not asking it at the beginning of an episode if you're still Mm. listening you know how how long have we been going now over Um, maybe two and a half hours i think you know if you're still listening then then hopefully you're enjoying it and so uh yeah yeah you know leave a review leave comments and 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 get more people listening because we we have been doing really well and and it has been you know since the last of us has been airing uh you know the numbers have been going well and it'd be good to keep it continuing with you know mm. we're it, it's nice to talk positive about things as well you know and, oh, and when you so when good. you when you do a weekly uh show about movies it's easy to be like well yeah i enjoyed this movie but now i've got to critique it and, mm. and you know, sometimes you 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 end up being more negative about something that you would have been way less harsh on when you don't have to talk about it with that lens. And so, yeah. to have weeks like this where we could just have two and a half hours of joy, 
and mm-hmm. and we've we've slimmed it down like this is our short conversation <laughs> there there were like six things on screen where i was like shit we just got we got stopped um yeah and there's about 50 things with last of us so yeah like definitely you know hopefully people will continue to enjoy some shorter episodes going forwards because we will probably get back to our normal runtime. <laughs> yeah, we need some forty-five minutes, I think, and and I'm sure we will. But yeah, in in the future, like with the rest of this year, um, this is going to be a moment that I want to look back on and think about a lot because we will see bad movies like we always do you know it's just it's just the the nature of the beast is that this podcast for as much as we love doing it it will always be centered around the content um you know it really drives everything it's just our thoughts and our thoughts and feelings on the things we get to watch um and so if we don't like something it's probably not going to be enjoyable for us um and so like yeah we're gonna see you know, hopefully there are things that we that we're not looking forward to right now that do deliver. But when it's stuff like this, that it's in things that you love, you already have so much skin in the game. Like the idea of if The Last of Us, this TV show was like how I felt watching Resident Evil, the TV show last <laughs> year, which was like for me, like an all time low in terms of watching TV. Like I and I'm sure that came across on the podcast um, because of how unbelievably angry that made me. Um but then also the film if you like if we'd have done that at the same time of covering spiral <laughs> yeah like it, it just would have been so oh, painful to see these things would have, would have plummeted. <laughs> I, I i would have just given up because yeah. if i'd have been like these these two things that i love this much if they would have like botched them that poorly but to see scream do well after all this time which i think really feels emotional because of the wes connection that we have to this franchise but then our own personal love for the last of us which is like almost unlike anything else that we really have certainly in horror like we talk a lot about um different things that we love um in many different aspects but i think with horror we always bring up the last of us of Mm -hmm. like this is a horror podcast it's a horror film podcast and we've been saying it since we started it for the last seven years um which, by the way, like we recently hit our seven month, uh, sorry, seven year anniversary, like a couple of weeks ago as well. So this is like perfect timing for all this. Um, but the fact that The Last of Us has always been this constant for us, like we always reference it of like, oh yeah, the Resident Evil games are great if you play video games. But you, I wouldn't recommend like if you're just a horror film fan who doesn't get games that you have to go out and play Resident Evil because if you don't get video games, you won't get what's special about Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. But The Last of Us always transcend the media of like it's one of those ones that I wish everyone was able to play video games just to experience the story of The Last of Us, and that's what's so special now is that now you don't have to. You can. It will add so much to the experience. People like us get to experience and love both, which is great. But if you're someone who just cannot get your head around video games or you don't want to put that time or money down to play them, it's amazing that now the the fandom for Joel and Ellie is so much more than just the PlayStation fan base. It's yeah. anyone that can watch a TV show. And that is that is so special to me. I think um, um I know we, we we need to stop, but just very quickly as well, the um if you've watched a TV show and you haven't played the game but you do play games or or could get around playing games like you should 100% play the last of us because it is so different to the TV show. It is so the same, but so different as well that they are the perfect compendium piece. It's not like sequel versus, you know, uh, remake versus original where it's like, okay, now it's been remade and it looks better. Why, why would I go back to the other version? It's like, no, Mm -hmm. they both stand alone as these, 
and, and you know that, that's where you said that you can't compare the two and you are right that, that you know because they are just so different that they are the same thing and the story and the beats are 95 percent the same but the the journey and the 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 you know the experience is so vastly different that that yeah if if you're craving more last of us and you're lucky enough to have not played the first game you're not going to get spoilers you know you might not want to play the second game because you might want to, to have that experience in the tv show but you can certainly play the first game not get a single spoiler and 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 have a great different experience yeah you're absolutely right and i think that's what's so again just unbelievable about this is that i can't believe we now live in a world where these things stand alone um but like versus each other they make them both better yeah. and it's it's wild because yeah you always get these like negative comparisons when it comes to like oh well actually the book was better you know like we literally saw a movie this year yeah. where like i read the synopsis for the book and i was like i can tell you this is better than the film i watched <laughs> and that's crazy to me whereas this is like i'm so glad we get troy and ashley's um joel and ellie and we get pedro and bella's joel and ellie and I, what's actually even more exciting is that we haven't seen all of it of both of them mm. like the, these aren't like history it's not legacy versus current it's they're both current yeah. like we will get the last of us part three we will see troy and ashley return as these characters and likewise we will see more of pedro and, and bella as these characters and i love them all and it's it's just crazy i that to me is what when it just really just hit me of like oh we've still got more of both it's not like oh it's cool that troy and ashley were in the last of us because they're they're gone now it's like no they're still making this shit yeah 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 exactly it doesn't it doesn't change anything so it's it's awesome Um, i would say the video game is clearly better because it has more infected in it yeah true exactly um but yeah and you can and you can play it on the playstation 5 the best console um but yeah that was uh an amazing amazing episode i had a great time um but yeah that was episode 340 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone